This is Ben Jordan, and you're listening to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. This is Steve Bowtie Bryant here. Back in the 90s, I was a pro wrestling photographer for the South. And I released what might have been one of the original sets of indie trading cards. I ran across some of these original sets. They were up in Randall Fanning's attic all this time. PG-13 rookie card. Ricky Morton, George Weingroff as the Sheep, Chris Champion, Reno Riggins, Billy Montana, Gary Valiant, the Scorpion, the Medic, Rick Reynolds, Jeff Daniels, Mephisto and Dante, Ben Jordan, Steve Neely, Marcus Woodrow, Clinton Charisma, Farmer John. If you'd like an opportunity to get these cards, contact me now. You can get them for only $49.99. Contact me as Steve Bowtie Bryant at iCloud.com. Get your set now while supplies last. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome one more time to the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling Podcast. And as usual, I am here with my brother from the same father and mother, Jared the Plastic Sheik Street. And guess what, y'all? My boy had a birthday. How was your birthday, Sheik? Man, it was good. We hung up with some friends, went camping. Uh, Glamp, was was really, it glamping or camping? Not, I was in a tent, brother, with uh, no wind flow going through the tent. And it was about 80 degrees in the tent, so... Ooh, where'd you go? Uh, uh, it's in South Carolina, Lake Kiwi, I think is I say. It's near Clemson, kind of. Okay. Um, yeah. Got some friends down that way. and Yeah. It was uh, hot. Well, how was Little Sheik on his birthday? Yeah, we went. Uh, my buddy has a boat and took us out behind the boat tubing and stuff like that. And right. Little Sheik is, is quite a fan of tubing behind the boat. And Ooh. You know, he likes to he likes to do that. He's a. Uh, He's always, he's always up for it. He wanted to, we, we told him on the way down, we're like, well, Hey, we're not going to be home for your birthday. So you may not get any presents to open on your birthday. And he's like, well, I'm little. I want a present. So <laughs> come on. <laughs> I stopped and got him a stopped at Walmart and got him a Matt Riddle figure. He'd wanted a Matt Riddle figure a okay. while back. And he always wants a Lamborghini. And, okay. Uh, okay. and so I got him a Lego Lamborghini. Nice. Uh, Mom and dad, I told them about it, and they're like, well, he sounds like his Uncle Jimmy wanting a Lamborghini. <laughs> well, he might have something coming from Uncle Jimmy and Aunt Michelle for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So see that in the mail soon, hopefully. All but right. <laughs> yeah, he's liking Lamborghinis. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Lamborghini taste on a Silverado budget. How's that? <laughs> well, his budget's like a Power Wheel budget or something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you know who, who has a boat and probably has a tube that can haul him behind it really well is Pawpaw. So. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to get 
We'll have to get Papa to haul him around behind us. All so. you have to do is tell him he likes it, and that'll be the next thing Papa does. So. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, we know you had a birthday, a happy birthday, you know, from all the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling listeners. And, you know, today we've got a great episode. The wild boy himself, Ben Jordan. I can't wait to have him on. I got to go ahead and shout it out. Happy birthday to Doug Markham, too. So Happy birthday to Gator McAllister as well. Yeah, happy Gator birthday McAllister. Happy birthday to Steve too, yeah. Neely as well. Listen to how many wrestlers have your birth. I mean, it's crazy, brother. Everybody, I posted that, and then everybody's like, oh, I got a birthday today, too. And I was like, well, it's a collection. So, yes, happy birthday to Plastic Chic. Happy birthday to Plastic Chic Jr. Happy birthday to Doug Markham. Happy birthday to Gator McAllister. Happy birthday to Steve Neely. Happy birthday to whoever else has the same birthday as the Plastic Macaulay Culkin does. Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin. Does. Home Alone. Golly. <laughs> Everybody. So, yeah. Wow. Well, anyway, so, yeah, it was a big day. But obviously, you know, last week was was covered in, in a lot of sadness for the wrestling world. Unfortunately, you know, not only did we lose one of the greatest of all time, in my personal opinion, I think Terry Funk is on par with one of the greatest ever. But we also lost possibly one of the greatest of all time that would be in, you know, Bray Wyatt. And I don't know, man, it's, you know, Terry was in a spot. You know, he was older. He'd gone, had a full career. It, it kind of seemed like it was going to, it was going to be his time soon anyway, from some of the health updates you've been hearing about him. Um, so yeah, yeah. Doesn't make but, it any easier or any, anything right. like that, but. Right. Man, I just played Desperado over and over again and just thought about Terry Funk, man. But, but then the very next day, I'm actually recording something with Wolfie and I look on my phone, check Twitter and I'm like, Hold on, because you never can tell anymore with this. Stuff. No, there's there's fake stuff and everything yeah. like that. But man, you yeah. texted me that, and I was like, I was like, what? Yeah, thirty six I mean, years old, man. Sad for a sad for stuff. a second. I saw, you know, his shoot name Wyndham Rotunda, and I was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, huh? I was like, no way. I was like, no, that's not possible. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, apparently he died due to some heart complications that had, you know, come along from having COVID and stuff like that. I, I don't really know. I mean, that's, that's kind of a, a broad stroke of a paintbrush when you say some of that, um, cause you assume like a heart attack or like a blood clot or something like that from something. Right. Yeah. You just don't know. And I mean, it's, it's a private time for the family. Maybe more will come out with it and maybe it won't, but that's, and that's fine. Um, that's their business. But really yeah. sad, you know, third generation wrestler. Yeah. Uh, from back to his grandfather, Black Jack Mulligan, his father, yeah. Mike Rotunda, uncles, Barry and Kendall Wyndham. Man. You know, his his brother, Bo Dallas. Um, I mean, that's on par with, with the Von Ericks. I mean, maybe even yeah, more man. than the Von. I mean, I'm trying to think of a better, I mean, a greater wrestling family. I know there's so many out there, but man, that's got to be one of them up there for sure, you know? Oh, yeah. But you look at, you look at the, you look at the star potential and, you know, and, and they were all there. Um, you know, I, I still, I still think that his character, that, that kind of cult leader character with, uh, with Eric Rowan, Luke Harper and Braun yeah. Strowman behind him. I mean, that, that could have been an all time faction that Wyatt family could have been an all time faction with him yeah. having a multi-year title reign with those, with those behemoths behind him. I mean, 
Absolutely. And why they never pulled the trigger on him, I have no clue. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I know they did in certain instances, but why they never pushed fully put the rocket on his back. I mean, he was, you know, that's one thing. I Just because our guy isn't winning all the time or the guy you like isn't winning doesn't mean they're not eating good. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes down to it, though, you know, you like to see the guy you like have more success as far as as a fan, you know, and I would have loved to have seen them. I love that Waylon Mercy, Cape Fear type gimmick. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love that Cape Fear movie, Robert Mitchum, Robert, you know, De Niro, you know, it's just sad, man. It's just sad. And, you know, I know this, you know, there's a hole to fill right now in wrestling. And honestly, you know what I would do? And I don't, I don't want to go too far into this. Like I said, we got a big show coming up with Ben Jordan, but I would maybe plug Bo Dallas in, just let him go at it, man. You know, maybe do something with that uncle Howdy character. If that's, if that was truly going to be him under all that, if they were truly, I know they said, I think they say they had used him in that like suit, but if they were truly going to use him as that character, you right. know, maybe, maybe flesh it out a little bit and have him, have him yeah. do something. I, I think it'd be the ultimate thing. If, if he's into it too, you know, maybe right. he's not into it. Maybe he's, but you know, a lot of times with wrestling, the show goes on. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, WWE did a masterful video for both, Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. Um, you know, I, I mean, Terry's kind of more brought a smile to my face, just like seeing his career and Bray's kind of teared me up thinking about, you know, right. gone yeah. too soon. Um, yeah. 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 It absolutely is true. And whoever does those videos a lot of times with WWE does some masterful work with some music. Like they yeah. put these songs in there and it's just like, wow. They, yeah. They, Whoever whoever does that uh, has got some talent at picking out songs to put with stuff. So, and if they're ever hiring, holler at me. <laughs> Seriously, man, <laughs> that would be my, one of my dream jobs for sure. Yeah. You know, so. But I mean, but, I, I, I'm even seeing like uh, Impact and AEW and all, and you know, even Powertown Wrestling had something. Bray Wyatt. I mean, like a lot of organizations had something out there for Bray Wyatt yeah. and yeah. Terry Funk and. You know, it's yeah. good to it's good to see all that um, unity. Absolutely is, absolutely is very cool, very cool. And you know, we just say this from "Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling." We wish both the Funk family and the Rotunda family our best, and you know, condolences to you both. Thank you for what you gave to wrestling. Thank you for what you did for wrestling, and yeah. thank you for entertaining us. And I mean, that's the that's the long and short of it. Honestly, is thank yeah, you for right. entertaining us. You know, yeah. And- you know, don't want to imagine being in either situation. <laughs> right, right, right. It's the way it is, man. But, you know, I know things have started off on a downer, obviously, but we want to bring it back to an upper because you said it earlier, you know, just like things are, the show must go on. And yeah. we've got a big show ahead of us. And I think right now, to bring everyone out of it and bring them right back up, I think we need to get a wild boy on here. What do you say? Absolutely, man. I'm All right. Forward to it. Yeah, me too. Well, we'll be right back after these messages with the wild boy himself, Ben Jordan. Hey guys, this is Wolfie D from PG 13. Check out my podcast live and in color with Wolfie D every Monday at noon. We're talking Memphis. We're talking ECW, WCW, WWF, everywhere that I've been. We even have some great guests, some hall of famers on the show with us every Monday live and in color with Wolfie D. 
That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! All right, we are back with more from the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling podcast. And as you've heard us talking about in the intro, and as you've seen all the pictures and promotional materials all over our social media sites, we've got the one and only Ben Jordan. What's up, Ben? How you doing today, brother? I'm doing good, Jimmy. Uh, you, Jared, uh, y'all doing okay? Yeah, we're great. Yeah, we're doing great, man. We're having fun. Good to, good to talk to y'all. Glad y'all have me on your show. It's really an honor. Yes, we're having we're having one of my favorite people on today, and I I say that because I want I, you know I've said it before in the intro. I wanted to say it again, Ben. You know we we didn't really get to know each other during my time in the business, but I've really gotten to know you since then, and I, I just appreciate you as a human being, not only a wrestler but as a human being, Ben. You're you're a great dude, man. Well, th- those those words mean so much to me, and I really appreciate it. And, and like I said, I'm glad I got to know you, and I appreciate what you and uh, carried and the, even the Wolfie show, uh, y'all bringing my time in wrestling back to life for me because yeah. it seemed like you know everything's done. I don't watch wrestling anymore, and yeah. all of a sudden I'm talking about the good old days. Yeah, so I appreciate I appreciate that from y'all. I really do. Hey. Maybe that's what will. yeah that's what we do it for right jared i mean it's the yeah, whole name absolutely. of the show you know i mean if absolutely. we could you know i could i could make myself happy watching old wrestling all day long and i don't even have to watch the new stuff and i still consider myself a very active wrestling fan you know what i mean even though i don't really care much for the new stuff i can go on youtube and find all my old buddies and you know watch them wrestle 10 20 30 years ago so to me it's it's a lot of fun and and that's the whole point of this show and we've talked about it before before, but you know we're gonna get this thing going here and ben you know we always start everything off with the question from the sheik here all right ben so my question that i think lets me get to know you lets the audience get to know you a little bit if you had your mount rushmore of professional wrestlers the people have influenced you or your favorites or whatever if you give me like four or five names of who would be on your list okay I've got I've really got two sets because I had really okay. like two different two different wrestling lives in my you know in my lifetime and to go from being a kid and watching I would have to say Jackie Fargo, okay, yeah, Bill Bill Dundee, awesome Eddie Gilbert, and Ric Flair. That's awesome, my man. that's my big time all time. And then I have to go to my local you know my Tennessee wrestling roots and the number one guy on that's got to be Tommy Higgins. Oh yeah! I love oh yeah, him. man. He, without him, I mean, he, he's done so much for me in my career. And then you got to go with Gypsy Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then I heard the podcast today, Mister George Weingroff, talk oh. about talk about somebody smooth to work and just I, I don't know, just such a great wrestler. Dangerous man too. Oh, <laughs> uh, you don't you don't get on his wrong side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's so and gentle that, of a dangerous, of a killer. I'm just kidding, yeah, but he really, like, he was one of those. So. Everybody knew you don't piss George off. And, uh, <laughs> hey, I had, some, I had some great matches with George. But, but yeah, I had to mention those in my in local, you know, um, independence in Tennessee. I cut you off. Did you have one more? 
But you said uh, I, I didn't admit is I got about a million more honorable mentions. You know, you got okay. Ernesto, Joe Cagle, Jeff Daniels. Um, you can just go down the line. You know, you got Shane Morton, Rick Reynolds. Yeah. I mean, we're just Tennessee is so rich in talented wrestlers. And, you know, we, we all can't make it and be the big stars. Right. But I'll right. tell you, if you lived in Tennessee back in the, in the 80s, 70s, yeah. 80s, yeah. 90s, you could go within 50 miles of your house any which way and find a good wrestling show. Yeah, that 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 is just a beautiful. I, I mean, it gives me chill bumps when you talk about it because it's almost like the guys that made it had they not been there, had they not been the ones to make it, you could have placed other guys right behind them. You know what I mean? It would have it, it would have almost been like just right. It literally, I guess, was just right place, right time, and yeah, you know. Yeah, it's crazy to talk about. And I mean, I do agree with you. The, the best description of the Tennessee, Middle Tennessee wrestling scene specifically, but, we're, you know, that's the one I love so much. It was just absolute rich with talent. And that, you know, we've gotten a lot of the guys on the show. We've got a lot more to come. But, you know, today specifically, we had to have the wild boy himself, Ben Jordan. Now, you know, we know you were a part of a famous tag team, the wild boys, Mr. Steve Neely. We're going to have you guys on together in the future. But today we're going to discuss Mr. Ben Jordan. All right. All right. Let's go. You're ready. I love it. I love it. I like the <laughs> confidence. It's nice. Okay, so let's go with this. Your younger days. Okay. Where were you born? Where did you go to high school? That kind of stuff. I was born in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. And I went uh, went to uh, Cheatham County Central High School. Nice. Okay. And in high school, did you play sports? Kind of. What would you say? I did. Yeah. I did. I played. I played football, and I was a little bitty guy. And but I was tough as nails, and I wanted to just keep getting bigger. Wanted to be that football player. Yeah. And uh, yeah. funny thing, I got it up there, and uh, the defensive backs coach was also the wrestling coach. Yeah. And yeah. he was like, he was like, okay, Ben, I want you to come out for the team. Uh, we're going to put you in the one eight teams. Okay. Said, no coach. No coach. I'm going to be a football player. I'm getting bigger. I'm at one. I'm, I'm at one twenty five. You know. And I kept going up every year. He'd say, Ben, come out for the wrestling team. And I'm like, no, I want to be a football player. Well, <laughs> looking back at it now, I think I should have took his advice and, you know, did the wrestling thing. I mean, you you could get yourself, a, you you could take care of yourself in the ring. I know that. But, you know, those extra elements that some of your, your buddies have and our friends have that may have done you well on down the line. But what did you play in football? I, I got to know. Running back or linebacker or no, something no, like no. that? No, no, no. By the time, by the time I got to high school, everybody was so much faster. So I was, a, I ended up being a cornerback. Oh, okay. And, uh, of course, um, I hit the weights really good. So my senior year, my coach decided he's going to make me a pulling guard. Mm, and I'm thinking, wow. I'm thinking, I'm the I'm the rover, uh, defensive corner. I, I, you know, I'm a headhunter. I'm going to jack somebody up. Yeah. And he's going to make me an offensive guard. And yeah. I'm like, now I got to learn all the plays. I just wanted to just you know go hit somebody. You know, tackle. You know, smear the man with the ball. Mm-hmm. He's having me learn blocking plays my senior year, and I'm going. I was going to have fun this year, <laughs> but it was still fun, but I had to learn a lot. And I was like, dang, okay. That's, That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so Ben, when did you, when did you actually like start liking like professional wrestling? Oh, uh, from the time I was a kid, I had a neighbor lived across the street. Of course, um, I might've followed in his footsteps a little bit. He always liked to have, have a drink or two. 
Mm-hmm. And um, he would grab up all the kids and say, hey, come on, wrestling's on. Look, it's Jim Kit, Jim Kent and the Bounty Hunters. It's the Moon Dogs. It's mm-hmm. Jackie Fargo. And so <laughs> we're like, what is this stuff he's talking about? We go in there, we got mesmerized by it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we just, yeah. from then on, always, you know, and then as a kid, my grandmother lived in Nashville and run a beer joint. And it was close to the fairgrounds, and it was really right off Murfreesboro Road where they filmed the TV show that that aired in Nashville at that time. I'm pretty sure it was Nick Goulas's show. Okay, we yeah. Would get, yeah. We, we would get free tickets to go down and be on the studio wrestling, so we're sitting there in the audience. Wow. Uh, we'd do that on Saturday mornings and then Wednesday night, you know, like take us to Grandma so we can go to the fairgrounds and watch it. You know, <laughs> yeah, so once you get that live all, you know, wrestling bug, you got bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, you couldn't you couldn't shake it after you got it. You know, and we did like everybody else. We built the uh, the rings, you know, in the yard and stuff, and of course learned how to uh, run the ropes or work the ropes as a kid because we'd use garden hose nailed to a post, yeah. and my buddy you sling him in the ropes and he'd hit it full force and and, and break the rope. Yeah, so oh, we're like we're like we're like no, you got to act like you hit the rope, right? And then run right. back at me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. That's yeah. funny. So so let me ask you a quick question on that because now, who were some of the guys you remember watching live? You know, when you would go oh. watch the shows, who were some of the names? Easy, easy. Because I mentioned Jackie Fox. Tommy Wildfire Rich was just getting started. Good. Okay. He, yeah. He, he was kind of kind of seemed kind of tall and skinny to me at the time. I remember yeah. him. He was really, he was really getting his getting going good. And yeah. of course, then you had Bill Dundee come in, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, you know, this around the time you had to split between uh, Goulas, Jarrett. Uh, so some of the guys stayed in Memphis area. Some of them come up to Nashville. It was yeah. a weird time, but uh, Fargo stayed in Nashville. So yeah, okay, kept him okay. there. So and then gotcha. I remember. They used to wrestle at the women's building at the fairgrounds. It's been long. It got tore down. But anyway, I remember going to the bathroom one Wednesday night, and it was the night they had Andre the Giant there. Holy and cow. Had, wow, they had, man. They had, to, they had to use a lowered ring because of the way the ceiling. Yeah, uh, So they had, okay. to, had, had to use a short ring. First time I've seen a short ring. And um, I, I go to the bathroom, you know. So I got to get back out to watch Andre. I come walking out, and I turn, and I look. And there's this, my head, the top of my head. Is at the bottom of his trunks. <laughs> oh my and I'm like, god! I, I look over and it's like, oh my god! I really didn't know what a giant looked like. Right. And then, right. Yeah, I got I got to see one up real close. That's a real close. Yeah. I, I wow, run on. Man. I run on. I run on. Got my feet. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, man. Anyway, so okay, so so talking about this real quick. So you said you're doing some stuff with your buddies in the backyard, and yeah. What leads you and gets you to training with the superstar, one of the greatest Memphis legends or wrestling legends ever, Mr. Bill Dundee? What led you to getting to that point? Well, okay. So we would always pack up. The buddy that we did the wrestling in the yard with, we'd always pack up. I mean, we'd pack up in a pickup truck, have that like six, you know, used to those bench seats. You could put about six, eight people on the front yeah. seat of the pickup yeah. truck. Yeah. And we'd pack it in. And we would go to the uh, fairgrounds on Wednesday, watch it, so watch it, watch it. High school come along, we get driver's license. I'm like asking all the buddies, who wants to go to the fairgrounds? You know, I've got my license. And, mm-hmm. you know, either we'd pack a car full or it'd be me by myself. I wasn't going to miss it. Yeah, so amen. I was always awesome. at the fairgrounds. 
watching, watching. But to me, these were like movie stars. They were yeah. untouchable. You, you couldn't get to this guy. Superheroes. So, you know, so I didn't really even think, you know, I thought one day, yeah, I want to do that. But yeah, I want to be Richard Petty also. I want to drive a race car. You know, you got all the big dreams. <laughs> of course. Well, so I went on through high school, decided uh, school ain't for me. So I joined the Marines, did did my four years of Marines. Of course, kept the weights up, you know. And yeah. I, be, while I was in, my mom and dad would send me tapes of Memphis, Bill Dundee, Jerry Lawler, all those guys. And, of course, Bruno. Bruno was on. He was one of the favorites with the guys, all the guys on my crew. Yeah, yeah. They they would send those tapes, and when they when I first sent them, they're like, "What is this crap? You know, what is this?" And by the you know, it's like watching a soap opera. By the time I left North Carolina, they were like, "When you get home, send us some more tapes. Send us some more tapes," because they got into the storyline. You know yeah. what I was going on in Nashville, Memphis, and uh, so they run a uh, an ad on TV for the wrestling school. Mm-hmm. And I sent in a picture of, you know, me flexing up, you know, at 160 pounds. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so I sent them that, and I thought, well, they'll call me back. They never call. Yeah. yeah. So so I get out, and I'm, I go to the fairgrounds. I'm watching, watching. Uh, finally, they run that again. Well, I left my number. Well, lo and behold, one day the phone rings. You know, we had the old phone on the wall. Phone rings, and my brother goes, hey, Ben. Come in here, Bill Dundee's on the phone for you. And I'm like, what? Can I? Me? So I run in there, grab the phone. Ben Gordon, this is Bill Dundee. I uh, heard you want to, want to train to wrestle. And I said, <laughs> meet me in Galveston at the, at the gym at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. You know, I get there, and of course, he shoots my dreams, and he's like, you're too little. He's like, uh, he's like I'm 205 pounds. I'm 5'7". We're both the same height. He said, you got to be at least 200 pounds. So I left. <laughs> For two years, which I'd go to the fairground, I kept lifting, started powerlifting, getting a little bigger, just staying in good shape. And then finally, yeah. Bill looks at me one night at the fairgrounds, and we'd been talking, and I had met Jamie and his friend Ronnie. They were the rock and roll dream team, um, and I was hanging out with them a little bit. And then Bill's finally like, hey, you need to go to the school. I'm like, well, I'm not big enough yet. And Bill goes, oh, yeah, you look big enough. You know, <laughs> and then he told me the deal about the image. You're up there, the light shining on you. You're going to look too 20. Right, so. right. Hold on real quick. I, I don't yeah. want to stop you. That rock and roll no, dream no. team, team was that a real team or was that, that just was, a talk? That was, that was Jamie Dundee and Ronnie Travis. And that, did they just talk like they were a team or were they a real tag team? No, no. no they were tagging. I went to, uh, I went to uh, um, Elton, Kentucky and watched them show, sold their pictures at the gimmick table. I think I mm. told this on... A yeah. Show, but, yeah, it's uh, a great story. Uh, yeah. They they sold two hundred dollars, two to four hundred dollars worth of pictures. They sold every picture they had before they ever got in the ring. That's and amazing. I was, I was bigger than these guys. Yeah. And people were asking me, was I wrestler? And then right. know, that really did that starts giving you the bug. Oh, and, totally. Uh, totally. And then then they had um they had rented a limousine and took a limousine, a full stretch limousine from <laughs> Nashville to um yeah, right down in Alabama, Athens, Alabama, mm-hmm. to wrestle. And I followed them. Me and my buddy followed them because we're going to go watch them wrestle. And they, they carried that stretch limousine all the way to Athens, Alabama and wrestle. <laughs> wow. Go, 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 boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So that now, funny. 
Yeah, that's Jake. Now, okay, you're obviously you're seen by Bill. He's like, you're going to be fine. Let's let's handle this. But you did say something about, and we can't. I don't want to skip over this because, first of all, thank you for your service in the military. Talk a little bit about your time in the military. Well, uh, cause I get it. I, I join up a delayed entry to go for a year, a year early. You know, I sign up, you wait a year, then you go, well, in the meantime, my brother and my friend decide they're going to join too. Well, I'm like, wait a minute, this is my gig. I want to leave everybody and get away. Well, I get in there to sign up a year early at 17. You, you know, my parents wanted me to have a guaranteed job. So I find this thing to be something in aircraft. Well, my brother, he joins in, and he ends up doing what I want to do. He becomes a grunt. Just he's carrying an M16. He's, you know, going all over the world <laughs> right. being a grunt. And I want to yeah. be a grunt marine, a badass. And here I am. And I did the thing that I bet nobody even knows that happens is I stock jets with a cable like they do in aircraft care. Yeah. Ex- ex- expeditionary runways. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I gotcha. never saw this before in my life, but you can't do this in the civilian world. So somebody's right. thrown the job training. <laughs> right. Right. There's nothing. I, yeah. There's nothing there to the airplanes. You know, you don't go to an airport and do that job. Exactly. No, you yeah. don't stop jets at the airport. You know, you get a long enough room where they just roll through. They don't have tail hooks. Right. So right. I, mm-hmm. stopped, I stopped jets for four years in the Marines. I loved it. Didn't trade for nothing. I had a great bunch of guys I worked with and wouldn't trade it, but my brother lived my dream of a Marine and I lived the stopping jets, which I guess was cool in a way too. So I mean, it, 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 there's a cool element to that for sure, man. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't want to skip over that because that's an important part for you. And it's a very important part. I think, you know, we love the troops. We're big time supporters of the, of the troops. And for sure, we, we didn't want to skip over that because, you know, we, that's an important part of your life. So, you know, yeah. Telling your story, would we would be missing out a part there. Well, anyway, you got to Bill Dundee. He says, I think you can do something, kid. You know, you're looking big enough. Let's let's put you in the ring. Now, talk about the training as far as that goes. Well, um, uh, we, we were going to start out training in Gallatin. Jamie took me up to the ring in Gallatin where yeah. they had a ring. It was the stiffest ring I ever felt. It had like a um, spring in the middle, but the spring, <laughs> okay. had gotten, the spring had gotten like caught on the side. So mm. it didn't. You hit in the middle. You just it was like dead stop. Mm, so uh, we're up there train. And then the next time I go, they're like we're moving to Franklin, Kentucky. Well, and this this crisscrosses. When I say Chris, this crisscrosses somebody else's story line. Okay. And uh, I end up in Franklin, Kentucky. And so we're we're in this one building in Franklin. And the first day I'm there, Bill's on his way. I meet a man by the name of Mike Porter. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and he's like they just loving being Jordan. Hey, you're a good looking kid. You're gonna you're gonna do some things this business. Thank <laughs> you, sir. And he introduced me to Bruce Swayze. Okay. At the time, I didn't know Bruce Swayze, but he was known as the Silver Fox. Yeah. He's actually the man that introduced me to Ric Flair. Oh, okay. So, so I'm up there the first day. I'm I'm fired up. I'm going. But um, the man that had moved to town from Texas was Bill Crockett. Uh, he, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was under a mask back in the days as the Golden Eagle, mm. and I could be wrong. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, anyway, he had a he had a, a daughter that went to school that met another young man that ended up in professional wrestling, and 
But that, that happened later. We went up there and started training, blah, blah, blah. I'm training. And once every Sunday, I'm training with Bill. But during the week, I trained with Bill Crockett's son. And we'd train all week, train two days a week. And then Bill would show up on Sunday, and that's when we'd get the real training, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so that, that was all fun and good. But I wasn't getting it. I could do arm bars and hip tosses and stuff. I didn't get the story. I didn't know what was going on. I was blind to this stuff. Plus, yeah. That's where the amateur background comes in. Everything sure. ends up back in a hole. You know, right. you do right. the razzle dazzle to hit the ropes to flip. Then you go back to the arm or, you know, yeah. the leg, whatever you're doing. That's where amateur background, background comes in. Well, um, I get with Ronnie, Ronnie Leach, Ronnie Travis mm-hmm. one day. And this goes back to one of his Wolfie stories, the old, Barn and the, the ring, Candy Devon, the one that Wolfie trained in. Right. Ron, Ronnie took me to that ring one day, and I said, tell me what's going on. I'm not getting it. I'm not getting a big picture. He gets me in there in that old smelly ring. It was an old garage, what it was at the time. So it was about rotted down the floor. Was about but Ronnie walked me through how a match goes from start to finish and how, like, culling it in the ring and how, how easy it was. And how it all falls back to all the moves and holds I was learning. Yeah. And Putting I, it together. I, I yeah. I pre- yeah. It, finally, the story, the, I'm getting the picture now. I can see. And so he taught me that in that old ring up there. And then I'll get back at school and it's like, oh, I'm a whole new student now because I know what's going on. Right. So, that, that was one yeah. of those light bulb moments, right? Where you? Yeah. It's like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> you know what's like, crazy? Yeah, Ben, I get those all the time during these interviews. Y'all describe this stuff so well that I've had light bulbs go off during interviews. You know, 100 plus episodes with Wolfie, 40 plus with my brother. I mean, it's crazy how many interviews that I've done that I've like, holy crap. That finally makes sense. <laughs> My back won't let me do anything in wrestling anymore, but it finally makes sense. You know, like, golly, that's amazing. It took me 20 years to figure it out, but I got it now. But anyway. So, Ben, what was your uh, – tell us about your first match and, like, what promotion that was with and everything. Okay, that would have been with Dale Mann up in Bowling Green, Kentucky. That tied into the wrestling school because on Sundays – We'd get done training. We'd go over to the Crockett's house, take showers, whatever, change clothes, and head up to the matches at, at, mm-hmm. the, at the uh, fairgrounds in Bowling Green. Well, as Mr. Crockett always told us, old Bill, always carry your boots, carry yeah. your gear. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, one day we're up there, and Dale Mann says, you got your gear with you? Yes, sir. So he goes, you're, you're in the first match tonight. I'm like, oh, my God. And my heart about beat out of my chest. I was so nervous. I was outside gagging, you know, guy heaving because I'm so nervous. I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. But uh, I, my first match was with a guy called the Wolfman. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know where he is today. But he led me through a match and made me look like a million dollars. And I just used my my name, Ben Jordan. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah. Because everybody, everybody always asks, oh, well, what's your real name? I'm Ben Jordan. But when I got up in the crowd, <laughs> crowd great, got man. with me. And then week after week, the crowd was with me. I'm like, why change your name? Right, right. So, Yeah, definitely no need thing. to do it at that point. No relation to Wolfie D, right? <laughs> no relation. Uh, old guy had a beard down, looked like the uh, uh, Duck Dynasty guys, you know? Okay, yeah. Moon doggish a little bit. bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he was a little bitty skinny guy. But he'd get up in the corner and he'd just howl. He'd make that, you know, just howl like a wolf. And 
But uh, great guy to work with. Had an excellent yeah. match, first match. That's awesome. That's awesome. The Wolf Man. I bet that's just one you'll never forget. It's not just yeah. somebody's name, you know, like Joe Johnson or something like yeah. that. Yeah, this is the Wolf Man. You'll never forget that. So never forget it. Yeah, yeah. So okay, let me ask you this. Now, obviously, you have a. I, I, I got so fired up when we did the interview on the Wolfie Show, Ben. I got yeah. so fired up when I looked at your career online because I would say, you know, if you compared it. You are absolutely one of those guys that that are just a true journeyman carpenter. I mean, whatever, man. But your career is just something to to marvel at. It's a heck of a resume, brother. It's it's on par with all the big ones. So we're gonna start out with this. Now everybody starts in their local shows and areas and stuff. But what eventually got you to probably what you would consider at the time the be all end all of the USWA. What led you to the USWA? Okay. Okay. So we did the, um, we were doing Bowling Green on Sundays. Okay. I get injured. I'm out for a few months. Okay. And this will go back a little bit, but it, it comes back around. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. So I'm injured. Well, I come back to the wrestling school. There's this little blonde kid there mm. and he's doing all of these moves with this foam rubber Matt, this rolled up foamer, he can do everything. And I'm like, wow, this kid's good. Yeah. You know, so so then we get to work out together. Can you guess who it is? I, I'm going to guess Chris Michaels. <laughs> exactly. I, saw, I just sent you a picture of us the other day. I didn't know if you'd get who that yeah, was. Yeah, it's a great but, photo. But he yeah. was there. And, of course, he got, he got some training by, you know, Tracy and all these other guys. He got so much input from different guys. But I think when I first got there, he was just about self-trained. Yeah. That, that gum foam rubber mat. Yeah. And I was impressed. Yeah. You know, he, he's the first person that gave me the Herkirana, which, you know, we called the Frankenstein or whatever. And uh, he's the first person to ever do that to me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and so, so anyway, so he's there. We we get some of these matches. Well, I'm at the fairgrounds and Bill's like, uh, Bill Dundee's there and I'm there. And uh, he goes, uh, Ben, come here. I want you to meet the booker. All right, so I go in, and it's Dutch Mantel, one of my oh. idols from, from a kid, you know, also. I almost yeah. got the mix in him. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Dutch goes, uh, kid, you want to be on TV? Said, <laughs> yes. And he goes, well, go get me a cup of coffee. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. So I went and got him a cup of coffee. And he goes, um, can you go to Memphis in the morning? And um, Or maybe maybe it was the next week. He's like, could you, could you go to Memphis? You got a way to get there? And I'm like, yes, sir. Said, you got your own car? I said, yes, sir. He goes, well, meet me at this exit. Pick me up at this time, and we will go to Memphis. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. I, <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. And I said, I love Dutch. And I get there. I meet him at the Cracker Barrel. I meet him. We get in the car. And I'm thinking, I'm going to ride all the way to Memphis for Dutch Mantel. Oh, my God. Am I going to ask him some questions? And and we get in the car, we get on the interstate, he tells me which way to go, which I kind of knew. Everything. Yeah. He goes, uh, does this chair recline? And I said, yeah, uh-huh. it's right over on the side. I just grabbed So he, he reclines back. Next thing I know, Dutch Mantel's snoring in my car. <laughs> all, the, all the way to Memphis. All the way to Memphis. <laughs> not so, one question. Other than answering the answer of, does this chair recline, not one question was asked. Or not answered. one question. Yeah, you know, uh, he might he might he he might would raise up every and goes, uh, what mile mark are we at? You know, and I'd tell him, 
and I'm like thinking he's going to wake up now. We're going to talk. Am I going to get something? <laughs> but, uh, but no, he got me down there and put, <laughs> put me on the TV. And um, my, I'm not proud of my first match on TV because uh, I messed up right on TV. So gotcha. don't look that I got down there, and um, uh, first match wasn't so good, but I kept coming back. And they put me in there, and they put me in with Tony Anthony. And that's yeah. when Bill grabbed Tony Anthony. And uh, he, he pulls us in there where Dave Brown's weatherboard is, and then in the little dark and everything. And he goes, he goes, Tony said, I trained Ben. He's he's a good kid. I go listen. He said, but you got to remember, you need to make him before you break him. And Tony Anthony said, I got you, Bill. He went out there, and and of course, we didn't go that long. But he he didn't want to. He told me he said he said go for a hip toss. I'll block it. Do a backflip. Land yeah. on your feet and I said, I yeah. can't do that. He said, just do it. <laughs> and of course, I didn't know he was going to help me as much as he did, but we did it. And I hip tossed him. And hey, from there, I was getting better and better matches. And it got to where um, if I showed up, if I just showed up and I wasn't booked, they would take somebody else off the card and put me in. Wow. Well, now let me speak on this because I have, and I'm not trying to knock anybody, nobody whatsoever, but I've heard Wolfie tell me several times that some of the Memphis guys were not some, they, you had to make them do stuff sometimes, some of the enhancement guys. So I would imagine if you're one of those undercard, you know, you're putting guys over and I know you and how you're working. I would imagine that makes sense that they would slot you in the spot instead of somebody yeah. else though, you know yeah and and another thing what would happen the good thing was when they when they bought up the dallas territory yeah, yeah. and and they were sending guys down there and it, it was an hour and a half show on memphis live tv okay i was like one of the only regular guys left up in memphis yeah okay so gotcha they would they would and i have a funny story about that too they would put me in there with some of the other enhancements last job guy okay so yeah they would put me over the other guys yeah okay i I just watched a match the other day i think it was me and keith erickson i think it was about a six or seven minute match and i was green you 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 could tell i was green i just kept going back the arm bar the whole match until i pinned him oh okay i mean i didn't he didn't you know i'm used to the heel telling the story you know kind of leading it on i was so green as a baby used to listening and I'm having to kind of lead this. I didn't know how to get the storyline down. I didn't know how to tell a story at the time. Right. And so I just kept going back to what I needed. The arm, you know, I did an arm dragging back to the arm bar until he finally spent himself and not done a move and pinned him. And that was for like six or seven minutes. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> but, uh, but that was the first. And I think that might have been the first match I went over on TV. And when I, they would give they would give the undercard guys, the guys that putting people over, they give you twenty five bucks. Yeah. Okay. Right? The rest of the guys didn't get paid for TV. They didn't get paid because you're, you're getting promoted for Monday. So, yeah. 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 You're getting you're 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 on you know on the up and up. So you're you're uh, getting pushed. So right. Well, which I which blew there. my mind when I learned that. By the way, that <laughs> some of these guys didn't get paid, and that's why I think Mike oh. Porter must have thought we were on TV when I worked for Porter in Nashville. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I went to Eddie Marlin and I said, uh, I need to get my my money. And he looks at me and goes, Ben, when you go over on TV, you don't get money. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I wanted that $25. <laughs> More than the 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'll go back to getting beat. I need my twenty five dollars. Oh man, yeah. that's pin, me, pin me and pay me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, I got used to that. So I, I was counting on that twenty five, man. Come on. <laughs> um, I got I got another kind of serious, but kind of funny, but serious story about TV. They put me in one time with a guy named Rob Golden. Okay. Never met him before in my life, and um, good guy, good guy from talking to him. But uh, we went out there, and I was going to go over. But uh, I'm out there, and everything I'm doing, I'm having to, uh, I'm having to muscle him around. I'm having to move him myself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm getting a little agitated because every time I go to lift him, I'm having to just like you know put everything I got into moving him around. He wasn't going with me too much. And um, at the time, I'd been taking some Taekwondo. Mm. I was going to learn some fancy kicks and stuff for my little short legs, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I shot him in for a, uh, I was going to do a drop kick, and I throwed my front leg forward like a, like in Taekwondo, and I knocked mm. him out cold. Mm. Okay. Now, I'm thinking I'm scared to death. I just, I, I reached down to grab him, and this is when his head just rolled out of my hand. Mm. I, I grabbed him up by the shore hair on the back of his neck and like, get up, you know, because I've yeah. been having to muscle humping the whole time anyway. Right. right. We call it muscle. I had to, you know, and I'm like, get up. Well, he wasn't, wasn't no getting up. He was mm. out cold. Yeah. Well, what do I do? I just fall on him and pin him. One, two, three. This is how green I was. All right. I could have, they had two more minutes of TV time. I could have had the number one finger up. Looking in the camera, Ben Jones right. number one. I'm, right. What do I do? I jump out of the ring, get my hand raised, and run to the back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, didn't get no, I didn't get my glory, you know. Right. I was right. too green. Tell too green for that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, that, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I thought I was going to be in big trouble, but you know, it turned out all right. But I've never seen the guy again. Yeah. And I oh. hope he's, I hope he's fine. I hope he don't hold up against me. <laughs> you knocked you might him not remember out. it. <laughs> you knocked him out and out of the business, actually. So, yeah, I'm just kidding. Tell us about another TV time, uh, the, your angle with uh, Lawler. Okay, Lawler, it, it, it was weird because, um, like, the championship time, that was weird because that was leading into Handsome Jimmy. The mm-hmm. other time, all right, um, Jerry was fixing, fixing to uh, go into an angle with Chris Champion. Well, just so happened that day, Kerry Von Erich was at the studio. That's when they were doing the Dallas thing, but everybody was up here. And um, it's a funny thing, too. I don't know if, uh, if uh, Jerry Lawler ever knew. Somebody probably had to tell him or told him about it later, but um, this whole thing was planned up that Kerry was going to dump this bucket of water on Jerry. Yeah. It was going to be the gift from Handsome Jimmy Valley. Yeah. Well, yeah. Kerry goes, I'm going down the store to get two bags of ice. I think this is in the middle of January or February. Okay. It's cold outside. Yeah. Well, Kerry is going to pull the rib. He ices the water down. Mm-hmm. Two bags of ice, and he ices that water down. Well, uh, you know, Lawler does the thing. He's on the phone trying to call value, whatever. Uh, Kerry comes out and says, he's your president from Handsome Jimmy, and he throws the water on him. Course, you know, uh, well, who's lined up to wrestle Jerry Lawler right after that? <laughs> none, other, none, other than, none other than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, he, he waxes the floor with me, and then 
Chris comes out to save me, and he beats us both up there on TV. And, and so, you know, that was one of the times. And then, uh, I don't know, he's always, something always pisses Jerry off right before he whips my ass. <laughs> <I'm> a, <laughs> What's the deal, I, man? Yeah. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade none of it for the world. I mean, did I ever think I would be in the ring, in, even in the ring with Jerry Lawler? Right. Not at that point, you didn't. Yeah. No. And so yeah. I was glad to get my ass whipped, you know? Hell, sure. who else is getting their ass whipped but Jerry Lawler? Right. <laughs> if they, you got a, you got the best one doing it, why not? You know, there's yeah. only one going to win that one for sure. So there was guys like, like I said, the Soul Taker, Mike Awesome, you know, Don yeah. Bass, Brian Lee, all these guys there. But talk about some of those guys. Of course, Chris Champion, oh my, you know? Oh, my God. Of course, me and Chris rode, rode back and forth quite a lot. And matter of fact, he started sewing on his Ninja Turtle outfit. I remember when he showed me the beginnings of it, saying, hey, look, this is what I'm going to do. And he was actually sewing part of his Ninja Turtle outfit while we were going back and forth to Memphis. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you know, You've told me that through text message, and I wanted you to say that. Yeah, I'm so so yeah, happy you did, yeah. because that, I mean, you know, to me, that's funny that, you know, and he was the first guy to actually do the Ninja Turtle gimmick. They went on to do it yeah. in WWF, and, and I'm sure it's been other places, but, you know, Chris was the OG on that one for sure, so. Hey, you know, even on TV, he comes out and saves me from Jeff Gaylord in downtown Bruno. Yeah, and yeah. Of course, he's like, he's like, you know, why do you do that to Ben Jordy, you know, with his turtle voice? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> hey, at least I'm in on the turtle gimmick now. Yeah, I'm in on the so, turtle gimmick. But, um, but you got Soul Taker. Now, what would happen a lot of times is guys would come in and do Saturday morning TV, for, and it would be lined up for Memphis. Well, the show in Nashville wouldn't be till two weeks later. So yeah. a lot of times guys would just need to work Saturday night at the fairgrounds, and so I would get the new guy coming in. Okay. I was okay. like the guy that got, always got to work with the new guy. And, yeah. Um, um, so Soul Taker was one of them, you know. It's like he's biggest. And what the Eddie Marlin told me, he said, Ben, all, all I want you to do is just run from him and then let him get a hold of you and finish it. Yeah. Like, don't try to do nothing. Just run from him as long as you can. And then he's going to finish. <laughs> he's going to do whatever he can finish and finish. And he did. And they done that also with Inhumans. Yeah. Yeah, he come in. I, I like I said, I'd always get there first night because they wasn't really in an angle yet. Right. Right. That TV, that TV hadn't showed on on Nashville yet. Right. So right. It was always the new guy. Yeah, same thing with Chris Candido. Yeah. But I actually, yeah. I actually got to go over Chris, and I'm like looking back at it like that should have been the other way around. <laughs> How did that work? But you know, who knows, it, right? It was pretty, it was pretty wild because I think we were actually doing a baby type match. And we, one of us called an arm drag, and we both went for the arm drag. It was almost like a double knockout because we both grabbed each other's arm and both went backwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty hard. Yeah. Now, you know, you've wrestled so many guys so far that, you know, the story, the Godfather, a.k.a. Soul Taker, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Kama, Mustafa, whatever, but you know, guys like that, you, you know, you've already worked in them, but in 1991, if I'm not mistaken, you get a call from a hot stuff himself and yes. you get to go to possibly one of the, I would, I would assume one of the major highlights of your whole career of, of getting to work yes. in global wrestling. Talk about that. Because we yeah, loved that, Global that, growing up. Jared and that, I watched a lot of Global. So, yeah. See, and that, that wasn't even around when I started. You know, and nobody knew anything about that. Right. And so that was, besides, you know, me, I was wanting to go to Memphis, Nashville. You know, that was my 
that's success for me. That's far enough. But, and let me know, uh, let me say this real quick, Ben. Yeah. You know, because Global was basically the the offshoot of World Class because USWA yeah. and, and World Class combined, and they were doing Memphis and Dallas, Memphis and Dallas. Well, then they all move it all up to Memphis. So then World Class is no more. So Global comes out of the ashes of World Class, essentially. You know, they're they're in Dallas, and and it's it's basically and everybody that's listening knows about Global. I'm just yeah. giving somebody some perspective on this that basically. This was a big deal, and and like you said, it didn't exist when you started. I'm sorry. No, it's all, so it's all extra. And um, Barry Horowitz, which I'm good friends with, he's going down. Uh, Tom Burton's going down, and they're like, Ben, you need to, you know, get, you know, come down to. And me, I'm like, I'm not calling them. If somebody wants me, if they'll call, I'll go. You know, whatever. sure. Not that I didn't think I was. I was just thinking I'm only I'm limited to a certain amount, and I've got a job. I, mm-hmm. I actually told that to. Tom, one day going down, I'm like, because he was telling me what I was and wasn't going to do. And I said, look, you need this for a living. I don't. I said, I don't right. have to go down there and listen to nobody. So, right. You know, I'll do, you know. But anyway, we went down there and worked, worked. And I get a call from Eddie Gibbard, uh, which Eddie, Eddie, I don't know if he was actually booking first when we first went down there. I was doing some matches. But then Eddie got in on the book. And, and when he took the book and things changed, they dropped our money. Mm. And when they dropped the money, I'm like, okay, you're going to drop me down to $75. It's 620 miles to Dallas. I can stop in Memphis, get 25, go two more times and get 75. Right. Then I just go to Memphis and get 25 and go back home. Right. So I said, I said I'll said, i see you. I'm not coming back. Well, mm. that's when Barry Horowitz calls me. The Gilbert calls me. Everybody told me, they said, man, they're going to put the strap on you. You know, yeah. the junior strap, not the yeah. team strap. But, uh, yeah. So, and so everybody's like, you got to go down there. You know, you got to go. This is magazine coverage. This is this, that, and the other. And I'm like, no, I don't have to go. For <laughs> I don't got to go. Right. So I, I finally got the call, and they said they'd give me the money that I was getting. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll, be, I'll come back. Yeah. But, uh, now I can come know, back. They, yeah. Yeah. Everybody was selling me on that belt. It was really, in the long run, that belt did mean a lot. And it, it goes a lot further than what little bit of money I was getting. Right. But you don't realize that at the time I'm thinking about, I need to make money. Right, right. No, no, money is important. But Jared, listen to these guys. Lightning Kid, Sean Waltman, Jerry Lynn, Barry Horowitz. I mean, Doug Gilbert, Eddie Gilbert. I mean, everybody. Think about all those names. Those are Hall of Fame names right there. Masters in their craft. Man. Master, yeah, they and, and that is what... Yeah, that's what I think sets that global light heavyweight division apart. You know, you had all the other guys, the Ahmed Johnsons, all the other guys that were in the global for for however long it lasted. But when it comes down to it, I think the true jewel of global was that light heavyweight division. And Brother Ben here won the light heavyweight title in 1992, February 21st of 1992 to be exact. And he won it from the man himself, Barry Horwitz. What a great just to have your name in line with those guys you just read off for my name to be anywhere in them. Cause yeah. I'm the least of all of them, but you know, you know what they say about the least of all of us is, is, is best as the, you know, the top, you know, you, you're in there. Right. Exactly. Yeah, man. That, there's nothing like that. So during that time of global, you got to go to other places. And one of the places I'm going to let Jared talk about right now. All right. So Ben, tell us about, uh, working, uh, the Legion of doom, the road warriors. Legion of Doom, which, you know, I'd watched them, but um, I'd said this before on Wolfie's show that um, 
I wasn't really into WWF, so I wasn't into, and, and Wolfie knows the name of their finishing move. I See, I still don't even know the name of the finishing move, and I just listened to it again today. But uh, I didn't, I wasn't into WWF. I like the style coming out of, out of WCW, Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it looked like two two regular or beefed up kind of guys got mad at each other because one of them said something about the other one's mama, and they were <laughs> two guys fixing to fight each other. You know, I wasn't in. I mean, y'all probably grew up with the Hulk Hogan thing, and 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 now I know what them guys meant. But in, in back in this time, I wasn't a big fan of all of that. Yeah. Well, right. So Reno Riggins is the one that organized a bunch of us guys from Tennessee coming up. Yeah. And and I'm gonna tell you, WWF. At the time, they loved the Tennessee guys because you know what? They knew we knew how to work. Right. So, right. So they would put us in the match. Well, um, so I get up there, and Tony Gurria is looking for guys, and I guess it helps that I'm a little bit shorter. So it made good to be the guy put up on the shoulders, and and you know, my mm-hmm. legs wouldn't hit so much before my before <laughs> I flipped over. Right. So right. Um, so I get picked to do that match, me and Horowitz, and um, and I, I didn't even know what the finish was, and. And, and like I said before, my dumbass just said, "Yeah, I'll do it." Then, I, <laughs> then I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what did I get myself into? What's going to happen to me? Mm. And, uh, and 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 I'm going to tell you, that was the biggest crowd I've been in front of. And and we said it before too. It's like when when they said play that over the loudspeaker, ooh, what a rush! And then you yeah. see these two big behemoths, yeah. these big shoulder spike shoulder pads coming out. And they're not looking too nice anyway. I know, it's, I know we're in the wrestling business, but still, you're in front of all these people. You, you never know. And you get a little bit of cold chills as they're coming down. And I'm like, okay, this can go really good or it can go really bad. So that, <laughs> everything everything went good. Uh, must have took a heck of a bump off the shoulders because uh, when I get back through the curtain, Shawn Michaels is the first person that meets me. And he's like, man, are you okay? It looked like they just killed you. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And hey, I just talked to Sean Michaels, you know. He asked how I was doing. That's pretty good, man. My son loves to do the doomsday device to his sister that's off my shoulders when, when we're in the pool. So, uh. I got you. The doomsday device. Maybe I'll learn that someday. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you've got a permanent uh, block in your brain where you took it one time. You don't remember. That may be the problem. That may be the problem. <laughs> was do you remember like did did animal like push you up or did you just did you just Yeah, he did which I got real nervous before the match and uh so I finally kinda went went up to him and asked him, I said, How does this work? And he goes he goes, Don't worry about it, man. He goes when he when he hits you with the car, he said, You'll flip, he said, I'll I'll throw your ankles back. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and I was like, oh, good. And I'm like, at that point, I really, and then somebody had to tell me, he's going to sit you on top of his shoulder. I'm like, oh, is that what they're going to Oh, that's what they're going to do. Okay. Okay. It's <laughs> coming together so now. I, I just went with it. So I wanted to be, you know, I was on WWF. I was going to be on TV. You know? Yeah. So, you take the best, probably the best uh, tag team finishing move of all time, too. So, yeah. Legendary. Hey, they, they were the world tag team champions. So, hey. Yeah. <laughs> another one another one in things like my storied career, I'm nobody famous, but I've been there with all of them. And it, yeah. it it was fun. It was really fun. Well then with the world title tag titles might have been the time to try a little taekwondo on them big boys, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, if I'd have thought it'd work, but uh, it's probably like, well, if it don't work, it's not going to be too good. It's going to be ugly. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, you're just one for one on that. I figured maybe you could slip over for the tag straps and bury it there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that probably just swatted me off like a fly. And said, Uh-oh, now you did it, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that is my fault, sir. I'm so sorry. Yeah, oh, we God. yeah we grew up big time WCW kids. We were NWA Jim Crockett Mid Atlantic kids. You know, I've told mm-hmm. this a million times on all my podcasts. You know, Dusty Rhodes to us was as big as Hulk Hogan. Even though we liked the Hogans and the Andres and those guys, of mm-hmm. course, you know, they were the cartoon characters to us. Yeah. Whereas the wrestlers on TV were like the working men. And, you know, like the the guys that had dirt under their fingernails and and fought yeah. and, and drank beer and you know WWF seemed like a work and uh, yeah. and W and NWA stuff like it seemed like a shoot. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, look at look at the Four Horsemen, man. That was like that was you know that's when they re- people really started to love kind of the bad guy, right? Because they had all that they had the 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 class and the brass, you know. Oh yeah. And, you know that everybody wanted to be Ric Flair, or if, if you were the the buddy that hung out with Flair, you wanted to be Arn Anderson. You know, right, yeah. right, exactly, exactly. You know? so that be glad to be Arn. I got that when I was in North Carolina at uh, Cherry Point in the Marines. You know, we had to watch that too, w, uh, TBS. You know, oh yeah, um, and then that really got gotten. I was like, this goes right along with what I I was seeing from Memphis. I love this too. Oh, yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Well, okay. So we've kind of been going through 1991. It's a massive year for you. And then 92, very early on, 92 becomes a very big year. Now, after you drop the strap, uh, the light title, you you end up going to Smoky Mountain. Now, what went on between the global time and Smoky Mountain? Probably can't remember that stretch. But uh, anyway, uh, (laughs) the global global stuff dropped off. And then um, I get a call, and I've got it on my one of my many tapes where uh, Jim Cornette calls the house, and I call him back. And my deal is I know how to work. I knew how to work. Yeah. I don't mind putting anybody over. It, this is wrestling. Steve Kern says it best. You know, they're paying you. It's The world is, you know, uh, what it is in wrestling. If they pay me to put the guy over, I'm putting the guy over. I'm going to do my best to make him look as good as I can. And uh, so – my deal is if I'm going to work for you, I want I don't want to just get squashed. I can I can do some stuff before I get before you pin me. And uh, what I told Jim Cornette, I said, Jim, I don't mind coming up there, you know, to put guys over. I said, but I want to work. Yeah. And he yeah. said, he, he said, come up, we'll let you work. He said, you know, we're going to put you know. Like, now the one match I did with Tony Anthony up there, they were putting him over strong, and I didn't get a lot in that. But I'd worked Tony so many times. For USWA, I'd do anything for Tony. Right. So I, if they needed him over strong, they just sit out of me. I don't care. Let's sit, you know, let's get you over. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's well, not making me look bad, you know. Right. But, Tony uh, White Boy was the bad guy of our childhood, by the way. We've seen him uh, wrestle live. I mean, we love Tony Anthony. We're big fans, for sure. Uh, we probably I booed him a lot, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish I, wish I could uh, talk to him today. I don't do social media. I got no way to get in touch with people. Uh, you know, just... It's rare when I do get in touch with people. Shane Morton's my, uh, my my connection to the world. I guess he's wrestling. he's our connection to most wrestlers. So yeah, yeah, we, we yeah, love we're big we Shane got, Morton fans. So that's how we got in touch. So exactly, Shane yeah. is great for that. Um, Shane is perfect. Yeah, but uh, to, to go back to the work and then not to backtrack so much. 
But, you know, WWF and Z now, uh, they loved the Tennessee guys because they knew how to work. They Most right. of us were well-trained, knew how to work. And, like, when I would go up there and work Bam Bam Bigelow, after I worked in the first time, every time I would be up there, he would grab me and say, when was the last time we did TV? <laughs> I said, well, in three weeks ago, he goes, put your, let's get him to put your name up here. I want to work with you again. That's you know, awesome. People yeah. like that, they would, they would come to, you know, and I remember watching Bam Bam Bigelow come to Memphis. Uh, they were watching his tapes, and I was, in, and I was scared to death of the guy. Yeah, And then yeah. this one of the guys that treated me so good and, and wanted to work with me. Yeah. And he actually, in one of his matches, and this is when they still come out of the corner, uh, he's like, he's like, I'm going to job you out the whole match. I'm just going to, it's going to look like a squash. He said, but he said, I'm going to go up to the top. I'm going to come off of my finish, the headbutt. Mm-hmm. He said, he said, move and fire up on me. Wow. When he went, when he oh, went wow. up to, get, to to do the headbutt off the top row, all the kids had done run down to the fence, to the yeah. road. Right. They knew the match was over. Yeah, it was done. Uh, and I fired up on blah, blah, blah. And then he, he he was trying a new move. It didn't come out looking as good as it should. But he wanted to do a, a – he, he slingshot himself over the rope to do a splash on me for the finish. And what it wasn't real pretty because it, 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 it just wasn't pretty. But anyway, I was happy. So And he was happy anyway. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, man, could he move for a, for a big guy? For I'm a serious. big guy, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For a li- for a little guy, he could move. You know what I mean. And he was a big yeah. guy. You know, there's little guys yeah. without that footwork. I know a oh, five foot five guy that you got. Yeah, man. Yeah, seriously, absolutely. Oh. What about Bob Holly? <laughs> did you work Bob Holly? I did. I did. Okay. Bob Holly was great. Uh, I love Bob Holly, but he come off the top rope for the finish with a knee to my chest, and I thought I didn't know if I was ever oh. going to breathe again. Oh yeah, I heard that. <laughs> I yeah, I've heard that. that. And, and it knocked the wind out of me so bad. I, I don't know. For the next 10 minutes, I didn't know what was going on. But he pinned me after that, thank God. Yeah. But I couldn't have got up. Was he your – now, he was an Alabama guy. Had you met him before working him in Smoky Mountain at I all? Never, I never had met him before. And then, you know, it's Smoky Mountain. And like I said, we worked, had a decent match and all. Uh, besides crushing my chest in, which – you think I'm going to say something to Bob Holly about crushing no. my chest in? Right. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've I've had my share of fights and I, I've done pretty good, but uh, there's some people you don't want to mess with. Yeah, you've done pretty good because you know who not to mess with, right? Yeah, I mean, well, uh, yeah, got to pick and choose. Right, right. What about working <laughs> with Paul Orndorff? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What about Paul working Orndorf. with Paul Orndorff? Paul yeah. Orndorff was great. I, the only thing that I regret about my match with Paul Orndorff and uh, uh, Gary Valiant done it beautiful. Uh, Paul is like, I'm gonna backdrop you. I'm going to spin around and catch you on the way down and, and finish you slamming you down while you're in the air. Mm. Well, me, I flip over. I flip over. To, I just flipped over and landed. And yeah. I can see you turn around. It's like, oh, he's already on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Other than that, he was a great guy. Would uh, We'd find the little places to work out at in the little uh, buildings we were at. Uh, uh, Scott Armstrong and, and Paul Ondorf, we'd all be in the little weight room, you know, working out it, it, it was some fun times at that smoky mountain that's awesome that's awesome now of course it leads you back to wwf as you were talking about bam bam earlier there and yeah. was reno still your connection for for the wwf um like reno reno had took a bunch of us up there uh, freddie morton we we were work, all working with for freddie morton uh in the independence and yeah. freddie 
had a car deal. I think we took about three Cadillacs full of guys. Uh, Joe Cagle. I love Joe Cagle. Um, it was me, Freddie, Joe Cagle, Reno, uh, uh, Major Yates, uh, some more guys. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember them all. I wish I could. And we, we traveled up in cars. And, you know, Reno had, had got made a deal with them, whatever, and got, got us up there. Well, after that, that was the first run. That was the Road Warrior, and I, I worked the Berserker on that run. And then after that, they got to fly. They picked a few of us, and they started flying us up. Yeah. And that's when I got to traveling with Barry Horowitz. Because mm. Barry just lived 10 miles from me, and I'd pick him up, and we'd go to the airport together, and I, we'd use a room together. I'd either room with Reno or Barry. And those are two great guys to travel with. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure. Yeah. I learned a lot from Barry. And Barry, I think I, I think I mentioned it to you. I had a story about Barry, but uh, about the texting him and calling. The way yeah. That worked. Yeah, I text. do. Right. Barry, Barry, I, mean, I learned a lot from Barry. Barry is, uh, what do you say? He's really structured, organized, scheduled. Sure. And that makes sense. If we, yeah. If me and him are going to talk on the phone, it's going to be so it's Sunday when he's doing his phone calls in his backyard. <laughs> he's, his he's got a certain time. Now, yeah. if I call him, he'll pick a time and call me back because he's on the schedule. But he's, now, now yeah. on the road, that made sense because we got we ate our breakfast. We went to the gym. We went to the tanning bed. We went to the building. Yeah. He made sure all of these things happen. If it had been me, I'd have stayed out probably drinking the night before, laid in the bed till time to go to the building, wouldn't have got a workout in. Yeah, you know? right, right. But very, very. Barry kept you on that schedule. He was kind of militaristic, it sounds like, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you, Barry's going to get a good deal wherever he goes. You can yeah. go to uh, Dindy's and get the 222, and it's two pancakes, two sausage, you know, and two eggs. And he's going to have uh, he, he's going to have egg beaters. Uh, he's going to have uh, whole wheat toast. He's, it's going to be everything else, but he's going to get it for uh, the $2. The two hey, ninety nine. He's he's but hey, let's just say this. He's no dummy. Let's just say that he is an old he's school what, pro. He's what, <laughs> he's what you call road smart, and he right, told me, right. and he told me several times, Ben, you got to get road smart. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, I tell you this, you know, I talked to you about bringing Barry on the podcast and I did talk to Barry. I called him and honestly, the next day he called me back. That man was so great. We talked for like 20 minutes and I told Barry, I said, you know, I wish I would have just recorded this phone call right now because it it was awesome. But anyway, he's a great guy. And I think the world of him, even just a little bit, I've talked to him. I really, really can tell what you see in the man. He's, he's a good dude for sure. I got to call from Barry Horowitz, my phone showed on the caller ID, Barry Horowitz. I'm just like, well, I'm popping for that. I don't, I don't need anything else, you know? So anyway. So we got, we got you back, you know, working with WWF. So I mean, you talked about working Bam Bam and you mentioned the Berserker there. Tell us, uh, I got some other names here and maybe just yeah. give us a little bit, a little bit about those. I've got Owen Hart on the list. Owen Hart, man, I'm going to tell you what, Owen, probably, Oh, it's just so many nice. Really, you for to be wrestlers, there's so many nice guys in the business that you know they play their persona, this, that, the other. Right. So many nice guys. Owen was one of the nicest. And um, before I get into the working with him, uh, the last time I seen him alive, he actually slept in. I think it was me and Reno. He slept in our floor in our hotel room. Wow. Because he was <laughs> he was saving that money to send back home for his family. Right, right. And we actually woke him up because we was getting on the red eye, 
And we got we woke him up and said, "Here, I want to get up in one of the beds and get you a couple of hours of sleep." Yeah. Last time I ever seen the man alive. Wow. And I hate I hate it because they came to Nashville and I didn't go. I don't like to go and I feel like if I go and I'm going through the back door, right? I'm, I'm imposing. I'm imposing or something. Or I feel like people are like, "What's he doing here?" You know. I just don't feel like I'm doing that. So yeah, yeah. I got, I got a I got a story about that too. But uh, please, we'll move please. on to some of this other stuff. Sure. Um, <laughs> the, the Owen Hart. Uh, me and Owen, and of course, I met him. He'd, he'd ride with us, room with us. And me and him are walking around this stadium. And he's like, hey, where'd you, where'd you go to high school at? And I'm like, well, I went to Cheatham County. And he's like, where's that at? It's right outside of Nashville, Ashton City. And, and he goes to play football or wrestle. Or and I tell him the story. This is a guy that I've seen on TV. You know, his brother was Bret Hart. Yeah. And I'm like, this guy is asking me these questions. What's he got a I'm podcast thinking. or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he just we're just walking around being like buddies. Yeah. Oh my god. You know, life was kind of surreal back in those days. I'm like going, am I really here? Right. Or is this just a dream? Yeah. Yeah. And no he, kidding. But, yeah. But he was great. Uh, had a match with him. He we had a match with him when he was uh, doing the thing against Brett. Yeah. And uh, he would okay. rip, he would rip the glasses up. Uh, I made a heck of a mistake and uh, in our match. I stood too close to the corner, and he had to do. He was doing a drop kick off the top, and I was really close. And he stretched out and kicked me with that drop kick. Whoa! <laughs> mm. <laughs> but it was, my, it was my fault. I was I was standing too close, and he didn't want to. He he was a professional enough not to make his move look bad. Right, of course. Yeah. yeah did he ever? Dog kicked out of me. Did I would ever <laughs> rib you? He did rib me. He ribbed several people. <laughs> I know he was. Uh, he's legendary, known for it. So. Yeah, he's yeah, the master. Yeah. He's one of those masters. Yeah, uh, and and a lot of other people got got to see more of the ribs than I did because I, I I wasn't around him that much. Right. Uh, right. Rode with him a few times, and uh, and of course we done the um, like I said, he he'd sleep in our room, saved money, stuff like that. But great guy, great guy all together. What a what a just a massive loss it was to pro wrestling when Absolutely. when he died. You know that. Yes, it was. It's one of those pay-per-views that I remember like forever. Like I was there, you know, it's just yep. crazy, crazy, crazy. Actually, if I was going to have my, uh, if I would have had a son as my second child, it was going to be named Owen. Oh, it was gonna be wow. named, oh it, it, his name was going to be Owen Benjamin. So when my, my wife at the time was pregnant, it was a girl. So we always joked and we were going to name her Owena Benjamina. <laughs> but, but, but she, my daughter is so Danielle. She's so happy today. We didn't do that to her. <laughs> I bet so. <laughs> That's but funny. she does. She does. She does tell me you could have named me Owen. Yeah. I would have went with. It. We would have rolled with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a that's a pro right there for sure. <laughs> how about um? How about Money Incorporated? You know, DiBiase and Money. Uh, I was yeah. I was disappointed. We were we were in Nashville at uh, Municipal Auditorium. Me and Red Tyler. Yeah. And that time we do a match, and we're doing a match, and go we go for the finish. And I get pinned. I didn't get a hundred dollars shoved in my mouth. Oh man! Oh, I'm like, God, it. Did they put they they put that hundred dollar in my mouth. I'm clamping down, and I'm going home with that hundred dollars. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but, but they didn't do it. But, but, uh, those those guys were so smooth, you know. I can't think of anybody up there that wasn't really, really smooth, you know. Even the berserker. 
Was the John Nord? The darker's hard to remember, but it might be because when he picked me up and throwed me out to the floor, it might have hit my head. Oh, gotcha. I don't remember a lot about that match. I don't remember a lot. Uh, and and is, he, is he still with us these days? Is, he is, I, yeah. I, I he's don't... still around, yeah. yeah. Okay. I see him signing gimmicks look... sometimes, so, yeah. Okay, I've tried to look that match up. I can't find that match. Yeah, I couldn't either. So, yeah. I've looked for it myself, that... yeah. Yeah, I think I think they've took the Road Warrior match, but I've I've recorded it so many times on VHS tape, so I got it somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. Brian Turner can find that one for us. Hey, Brian yeah. Turner, find the match for us, brother. So, see, that's one yeah. thing about missing on social media is the Brian Turner's VHS rehab. You get to see yourself on a on a video, but anyway, you, I'm sure you've seen yourself wrestle plenty of times. So you're. I, I, I love I love Brian Turner. See him and my son. My son gets along with more of these wrestlers, or not that long along. He he. It communicates with more of the wrestlers in, in yeah. the generation under me. That sure. Him, yeah. Well, him and Jeremiah Plunkett, you know, and, and all these guys. And I'm like, how did you get to know you? But he met them in the dressing room and then became buddies. Yeah. Did he ever think about getting in the business, your son? Well, let me tell you, I've got a wrestling ring sitting right out there in my backyard. It has been sitting there since COVID hit because we had wow. nothing to do. So we yeah. set my ring up. Uh, I actually bought that from Jamie Dundee. And oh, guess man. who? Shane got me in touch. He said, Jamie had a ring for sale. And I said, well, my son wants to train. And so it's been sitting out there. And my son don't get in. If I would have had a ring like that in my backyard, oh, you couldn't have stopped me. Yeah, I'd, seriously. I'd every, every day. Yeah. Jared and I would have had broken necks. My, my mom, my, our mom would have killed us. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah. He, he, he talks about it. And he talks, he wants to have a, to have a match and me and him in a match. And I'd love for that to happen. But, you got to get up off your butt and get out there in that ring. Time's ticking, buddy. <laughs> and if I ever train my son, my son Russell, if he ever train him, I'm going to train him. Then Jeremiah Plunkett's coming over to train him. Yeah. Uh, Real yeah. Bill Derek Neal, one of my favorites, is going to oh, come yeah. train him. Just I'll on AEW, by the way, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just talked to him about that. I'm like, oh, my God, AEW. And it's like there is hope for the future. I get to see Jeremiah. I get to see Real Bill Derek Neal. Uh, so I may... But to see all these guys, I may get back to watching wrestling. But, well, you know, it, what's funny, Ben, I'm going to say this out on the open here. So you had told me to get in touch with him for a while. And honestly, yeah. we've got a list, and I want Derek Neal on the show. But now I'm like, I don't want to ask him, like, right now after oh, AEW. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because now it's it seems like, like I only want him for AEW. And it's like, no, yeah. I actually wanted you before that. And tell him, Ben, Derek, if you're listening, Ben, you texted me that like three months ago, right? So, I texted him and told him that I, I was trying to get you, you know, y'all together to do the podcast. And now it just seems like, and now I'm like, man, I can't just text him now and say like, hey, Derek, how's it going? You want to be on my show? You know, yeah. like, it, it just seems I, bad I, timing, but I, I like the been, guy. He's a big Reds fan. I'm, I've always been a He's a big great fan. guy, and I've known him for a long time, and he calls and checks on me, and we talk, and he better not pull that star stuff on us, you know. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't forget where you came from, buddy. No, it wouldn't be like that. He's too good good of a guy. Yeah, no, we'll get him on. I just want to let this AEW stuff cool down, but I better not because he's likely to get picked up by him and then it'll be really over with, you know? But anyway, yeah, man, that's just awesome. But yeah, okay, so obviously you're wrestling a lot of guys in the WWF. Some names like Jeff Jarrett, Jerry Lawler, obviously working with him. And how was working Lawler again after all this time? Oh, Man, I actually got to get some moves in on him up there. 
Yeah, so yeah, like, exactly. Hey, hey, we, you know, it's like Dorothy. We're not in Kansas anymore. Hey, Jerry, we're not in Memphis anymore. But no, it was all him. He he called it all. You know, he's like dropped, kicked me from the back. I, yeah, you know, we're we because he was uh, in the angle with Doink the Clown, so uh, had me out there getting the crowd to chant Burger King, Burger King, <laughs> and, and, and we got I got to do the moves. You know where he hits his face and the uh, drop kicking from the back, and he hits his face in the corner. He does, you know, he called all of that. I mean, yeah. that was all him. And, yeah. Uh, but you know, it was great. I'm like, dang, Jerry, at least I got some moves this time. You know. Yeah. So, well, you know that the manager putting the fingers on the on the apron and he would stomp yeah. them. You know that that's a classic Lawler. And whenever he gets yeah. to work with a manager, well, I managed Dutch and I knew that Lawler liked to do that. So I just casually yeah. laid my hand up there, and obviously he worked his way over there and stomped it real big. And I worked later with Shane at the Saul in Millersville, and it was great. I did it, and I I was managing against Shane. It was before he and I worked together, and he stomped my hand, and he said, you know, Jimmy, that's awesome. That's a real Lawler thing right there. And I said, you know where I did that first? And he said, who? He was thinking I did it all the time. And I said, with Jerry Lawler. So, (laughs) you know, it just tied it all together that the first time I did that was with Lawler. And I had seen other guys do that. It's not like I invented that, you know, finger yeah, stuff. That's, that's a good, good little, little part to the show. You and you got to entertain the crowd. You know, so much of this stuff today, when I look at it, and I don't look at it much, just seems like it's. Let me see what all I can do. How many flips I can do? How, what all I can do? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And other guys run down. We're all doing it, and I'm like, can the crowd even keep up with what's going on? Which right. maybe the modern crowd, maybe the modern crowd can. I know yeah. people that were, were were in the crowds when I was going to. Uh, you had to be a little bit slower, and they're not saying that about them. I'm just saying you told the story to them, and they right. loved it. And, and, they, yeah. they, and they, you get the heat, you get all the. But sometimes I'm wondering now: is it just too fast for anybody to pick up on? And probably you probably don't have the older generation that used to come to wrestling, the grandmas, you know. Right, man, you know those they made it. Right. Well, more of the story is told on the microphone and less of it in the match. Whereas back in the day, y'all didn't even need the microphone because you could tell the whole story in the match. And I think that's, you know, if that's one sentence I can save and keep and repeat that, I think that's one of the things that I think about modern wrestling is so much of it is told because, you know, nowadays they can take two guys just because they're hashtag dream matchups or whatever, they'll throw them in there with no buildup. And it's like, well, why not build that up some, this dream matchup, and really make it epic instead of just randomly throwing it on a pay-per-view or on a TV, you know, a 15-minute segment on a TV channel. You know, it's just, that's the thing that bugs me about modern wrestling is no more, there's just not enough storytelling. Some people say it's selling. Yes, that's a big part of it. But again, part of storytelling is selling. It's all Shakespeare. You know, it's all that. You know, you you got to have all that. And that's, that's brutally missing from current product. Absolutely. Absolutely. To, to shoot back to when um, uh, Lawler beat me and Chris Champion up, you know, some of the comments on the thing was Ben Jordan sold that uh, flip over the desk. You right. know, it's like people don't sell anymore. Right, right, exactly. You know? It's like the quote from the Shawshank Redemption of the old man when he gets out of prison. He's like, the world went and got itself in a big damn hurry. Amen. <laughs> That's exactly. the way they feel about the wrestling sometimes. Yeah. You know, you, you got wrestling, you know, every night of the week, you know, which is yeah. great in a way. Right. 
when you had to wait for kind of like waiting on Christmas, you love Santa Claus. If Santa Claus came four nights a week, you probably wouldn't care if he came or not. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You go. I mean, it's like, oh, it's Santa Claus again. Oh, man. Yeah. Santa. Oh, do we same have old, to have Santa Claus again? Oh, yeah, man. Same old Lane Toys. Bring me something new. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm tired of this. I've got enough train sets. I've got enough army men. You know, come on. Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get up anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. Hey everyone, this is Shane from Insane Shane's World. I release wrestling figures of enhancement talent, mid-card wrestlers, and wrestlers that you never thought would have a figure available. So if you're interested in adding a really cool and rare figure to your collection, then don't hesitate to contact me at shamtheman73 at gmail.com. That's S-H-A-M, the man 73 at gmail.com. You can also join my Facebook group. Just search Insane Shane's World. Now, we talked about this match on the Wolfie show and you know, you did go so you right now your USWA, your global, your WWF, your global, your Smoky Mountain, your WWF and then it leads you to working into WCW. How did you get and start to work in WCW? Uh, a man by the name of JD Wolf. And, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, JD was a heck of a carpenter. This had another um uh, Again, he, no uh, relation to Wolfie, but <laughs> no, uh, I think I think his last name's Wolfenberger, right? Not, right, or something like that. Right. Um, JD was a great guy. Um, we worked some independence together, and he, you know, uh, go back to Barry Horowitz. We were independent, and he noticed I had the boots, I had the look. He's like, he picked me out of the people. He's like, you come work with me. I'll take you here, take you there. JD's like, hey, you want to go to Atlanta with me? And I'm like, yeah, and he's like, I'm real good friends with Jody Hamilton, and, you know, we'll go down. And so, yeah, sure, I'll go. Um, a good story about that, I went down there and worked, and uh, worked at Center Stage, doing the TV, I worked Rick Rude, uh, worked um, Harlem Heat, which I knew, um, I knew I knew them from back in Global Days, and they were great guys to me. And then uh, the Colossal Kongs yeah. worked over. Were they but, managed uh, by Harley Race that night? I think they were. I think yeah, I think were. so. I think so. Um, yeah. But the big, the big thrill was uh, we had to get a hotel room. I think we did. We we're doing two nights, and JD's like, "Hey, kid, don't worry about the room. I'll get the room." He said, "We're going to room tonight with Grizz Smith," and I'm mm. like, "You know, that's Jake the Snake's dad. That's right. I'm used to that." Yeah. So I'm like, "Okay, you know me. I'm like, hey, okay." And then you know, of course, I'm not paying for the room anyway. So there's two beds. There's three of us. I said, give me a blanket. I took a blanket and a, and a coat and rolled it up for a pillow. I slept in the little closet. The reason I slept in the closet, which was a, a wide walk-in type, not real big, but it was a wide closet. So I laid down, put them a little bit, because I knew old men usually have to get up in the middle of the night right? several times. If Especially like me. I knew this back then. Sure. He's a little older. Grizz is quite a bit older. They're going to be making a trail to the bathroom in the middle of the night two or three times. I right. don't want to be getting kicked and stomped on or tripped them up. 
So I just rode my little, I rode my little happy ass up in the closet, and, and I slept just fine right there. Yeah. Of course, I was a Marine, so I could sleep anywhere. Right, oh, yeah. right, right. That's awesome. So I was just honored to be there. Yeah. So really, the WCW run was not a whole lot. I mean, you did a, no, did no, a few no. things. I didn't get a bunch of bookings or nothing. I think uh, I think Chris Michaels had some bookings or something like that down there. But I did. I just did the TVs. Went down with JD to do the TVs. Yeah. Yeah, we talked to so many guys recently. Gator McAllister had a nice little run down there as Gary. You know, Gator's awesome, man. Gator's very quickly become almost our number one episode by by now. It might be actually because he he's hit that with the quickness, and it's 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 funny. He's I never thought anybody would beat Shane Morton, and then now Rick Reynolds did, and then now I never thought anybody would beat Rick Reynolds, and now Gator's about to. So then. You got yeah. some. That's big your target, man. Yeah. yeah, Ben, we need you up here, buddy. So, <laughs> I don't, I don't have social media. I don't got a way of getting, getting it out. I mean, just, I don't know. Just tell somebody. Be a big, I'll tell, I'll tell a neighbor and call a friend. You know, that's all that matters. Yeah, <laughs> call that's, him, yeah. Tell a, that's it. Know, yeah, like, it. yeah. Tell a neighbor and call a friend. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gator, Gator called me and Steve. Now, I think he was about to go through the divorce then. Somewhere around yeah. there, they needed somebody to work the uh, bushwhackers. Right, right. Bring At the motorcycle there. rally or something deal? No, no. This was at a building uh, okay. that we done, but they needed somebody, and they needed somebody. Not that there was other guys that could work, but they needed a good, reputable tag team come in that would be a, be a good match for them. Yeah, and yeah. So, so Gator called us. And we went and, and worked the Bushwhackers and had a great time, had a heck of a match. That's and, awesome. Uh, see, and that's happened to me and Steve in our past, it, just because I was trained well, Steve was trained well, and people would call us. Uh, Jeff Jarrett had just signed a contract, was working in Paducah, Kentucky, for Tony Falk. Tony Falk? The great Tony Falk? Everybody's got to do with Tony Falk. But anyway, Paducah, Kentucky. From Paducah, Kentucky, Tony Falk. Uh, I love Ben Jordan. Ben Jordan is a good friend of mine. He'll come in and work Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett just signed a big contract. <laughs> Jeff don't need to get hurt. Jeff needs to work with somebody. Gotta take good work. care so, of him. <laughs> so, uh, ben Jordan will come in there and take good care of Jeff. That's the shoot, Pally. And so Jeff, Jeff, Jeff dropped Tony the strap to me. And it was because Jeff asked John Tony, hey, you know, bring him in. Yeah. And, or at least that's what I was told. I mean, yeah, yeah I could have yeah. been made up. But late, when, later on, after I got run over and I was out for a year, when Jeff would have a matchup with Tony, he would ask for Steve. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that tells you a lot. Like you know? Yeah. So you mentioned him. Speaking of Steve, how about telling us about the Wild Boys formation, how, how you got together? And uh, okay. y'all were some awesome me, baby faces, man. Me and Steve grew up together. But now, Steve, uh, Steve has a cut. We have a cousin between us. Me and okay. Steve are not kin. Okay. But I have a first cousin that uh, my first cousin's aunt was married to or dated Steve's uncle. Okay. So okay. they they grew up they grew up like first cousins. And so I didn't when when I became a teenager I wanted my cousin to hang out with me. Well he'd say no I'm gonna go hang out with Steve and I'm like Steve. <laughs> oh, I know that. Steve. Yeah, yeah, we know I, that. I, I never liked Steve. Uh, <laughs> my brother, my, my my brother liked Steve. They was buddies. Okay, okay. But I and my cousins. So I'm like, well, I'm at wrestling at the fairgrounds, and all of a sudden, um, uh, Steve shows up. 
And he's like, hey, I want you to train me to wrestle. So <laughs> we all, we, we would wrestle on a mattress in my cousin's backyard. Me and Steve, he'd be on the other team, me and my cousin and uh, Steve and another guy, we'd wrestle on the mattress in the backyard. And, uh, of course, Steve was about seven years younger than me. So, anyway, later on, he comes in to the fairgrounds wanting me to train him. And I'm like, no, don't think so. <laughs> and, and let me back up. When Steve was an all-star athlete at Harvard High School, yeah, he set yeah. he set records. I got out of the Marines and I started following Steve's stats in the Tennessee, and I would go watch Steve play football because he's a mm. football star. He's a football star, basketball star, and a baseball star. I was none of those, right? And I was gonna go watch him, and then I'd wait at the fence like a fan, you know, wanting to see Steve. Well, I finally waited around long enough. I say, Steve knew. Oh, he didn't live. So I missed Steve all the time. Well, then when he came to the fairgrounds. And was asking me to train him. I said, "Nope, ain't doing it. Ain't doing it. I'm, on, I'm going to be the only one from our side of the family there. That's yeah. my deal. Right. I'm doing right. that. So right. Kept on, kept on, and finally, you know, I give in, and uh, I said, "All right." So I took him. Uh, I had a, a cousin. His name is uh, Sam, and Sam used to be the security out at the stadium inn. Sam Norris. Mm-hmm. Okay. Little, little did I know. The Sam is is a cousin on my mom's side. He says he's kin to me too. Bill, I actually trained him, and we found this going to Knoxville to watch Bill wrestle, and we got talking about the same race car driver in the family, and it's like, oh well, we're kin. So okay, so anyway, <laughs> on long story short, I'm kin to everybody. Small world, but anyway, anyway, Sam has a ring at his house, and I take Steve over there, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna run him off pretty quick from this. I literally tried, I literally, I mean, if I can say that right, I tried to kill Steve. Yeah. Not really kill him, but tried to hurt him enough to where he didn't want to wrestle. Steve, I should have known he was an athlete, and he was a natural athlete. Uh, he hung in there. We, it, the actual, the garage we trained in had a leak in the roof, so we could only train in the corner of the ring where it was dry. Oh, so, man. you know, the, the middle of the ring is what gets. Right, right. We're over in this corner, and I, I'm clotheslining, body slamming him, suplexing him, all right in this little corner here. And I'm like, if he don't quit after this, huh? well, you know, after we got done, it's like, you tired? You want to go get a beer? Well, yeah, let's go get a beer. Well, next thing I know, you know, we're drinking beer, watching wrestling tapes. Mm, then we become nice. buddies. Yeah. Become buddies. And then finally I said, I dead gum, I can't run him off. I might well train you. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you. I don't know. Larry Bird is a great athlete, but I think he has to work at it. Sure. Michael Jordan is a natural athlete. Sure. Yeah. Steve Steve Neely is a natural athlete. Yeah. Ben Jordan has to work at it. Right. Right. I have to to do all my dribbles and everything. I have to keep on dribbling the ball and get it where I can dribble and pass it to the other hand. Sure. I have to do it over and over. Steve just picks it up and does it. Steve is the better wrestler of me and him. Okay. Okay. I could have, I taught him how to wrestle, but once he knew the, you know, when he, he knew it, um, he just, like I said, he's a natural. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, That's uh, awesome. Uh, finally, you know, then I turn him loose. He has a couple matches and I'm like, all right, go be your wrestler. Cause I like singles. I only want to do singles cause I can control my own destiny. Yeah. Well, and I've been in some tag teams. I've got tag team with uh, Billy Scott or with Gary. I was always their third man. Okay. And uh, so one of them couldn't be there. I was their taping partner. Then I teamed up with Tracy Wynn to become, we were double trouble. 
tried that to go against my sister on Dante when Billy and Gary couldn't. And then me and Tracy didn't work out. So I didn't want the tag team no more. Well, finally, Steve's like, let's be a tag team, tag team. I had this. You know how you used to do the mixtapes? You know, yep. you didn't put all your songs Absolutely. on the tape. Oh, yeah. I had that song. They'll go boom, 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 boom. Wow, boys. Wow, boys. I just thought, even when I did the other tag team, I, I didn't want to waste that name. Right, right. And finally, when he said, it, let's be a team, I said, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. Yeah. I said, I got the name already. I got the music already. I said, we just got to get the gimmicks, you know, the, the, the outfits. And, hey, it took off like striking a match. And, yeah. and, of course, I knew we needed the spot that Billy and Gary had with Mephisto and Dante. This is, and we're getting out of the, all the WWF, which that was kind of intermixed. But that independent scene seemed so much more exciting than what I was doing. Right, and, and, right, and, right. Because you were, it was give and take in the in the independence, yeah. and you got to actually show and tell stories and 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 extended stories. And it's not you going up yeah. there, pin me, pay me. You know, it's. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you talk about the Scots, two great shooting wrestlers. You know, yeah. Gary and Billy Scott. Billy spent time in Japan. Gary in the WWF. Then he became Gary Valiant, which you know he'll be yeah. a future guest. I hope they all are. And then of course yeah. you guys take over. Over the feud from yeah. Dante and then the Mortons end up taking it over from you all yeah. but when it comes down to it you know I'm sitting here thinking the Scots were kind of almost like the Steiners in a way you know yeah. what I'm saying but you guys were like the the rock and roll express you know what I mean yeah. you well, all we, were we, the, we, had that, we had a different thing we had that fabs, thing that was, you know this, we were the we were the uh, commercialized version we're the we're trying to get the fans Billy and Gary went out there and went hog wild they wouldn't they was just, I learned something from them. And I'm going to tell you, let, let's back up. I'm wrestling in the fairgrounds, first match every week. Uh, Bill and Gary's coming to me wanting to get trained to get in. They get trained. They hit the independent circuit. They start getting hot. Well, on my nights off from Nashville, like because every third week they do the uh, flea market, so I'd be off. I'd work for Freddie Morton in Columbia. I'd yeah. be out there in the first match with Joe Cagle, which was great. I love Joe Cagle. And um, one of the original Heartbreakers. And, um, you know, I was working, putting guys over in the first match down there, just like I was doing at fairgrounds. Billy and Gary are a year after me. They're in the main event blowing the place away. And right. I'm thinking, and I'm watching this over and over. They, they seem like they're gaining steam. I'm still putting guys over. Right. I'm getting a little bit here and there, but I'm like, that looks so much like so much more fun to me. <laughs> so, so anyway, what would happen? What would happen after I wasn't getting as booked as much with USWA? If they needed somebody, Eddie Marlin knew he could call me. He'd call me. Hey, Ben, can you make fairgrounds? Well, I'd call Freddie Morton up and I'd say, Freddie, hey, Eddie called. I got to go to the fairgrounds tonight. I can't make it to Columbia. Okay, yeah. no problem. Just, you know, call me. We'll set up another. I kept doing that to Freddie. I kept saying, and Freddie is Shane's cousin. Right, uh, right. That's Bud Morton's son. And um, after a while, I said, look, this thing, I, I've done, done petered out at the fairgrounds pretty much. Yeah. They done brought in other guys. That, I, I wasn't getting my move-up spot. Sure, so, sure. So I, I pretty much, the, the phone call came. I was booked for Freddie in Columbia, and Eddie called me, and I said, I'm sorry, Eddie, I'm booked. And that was pretty much the end of that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so then I moved into the independent scene, and then I started climbing the ladder. Then I get to work with people for like the Tennessee title, like George Weingroff, just like oh, I yeah. heard on the podcast today. And yeah. 
uh, man, talk about having some matches with him. Man, night off and 30 minute to an hour matches with this guy. Right, right. So, yeah. The independent yeah. thing, I had more fun on the independents, really. That makes that sense. That was good for, for knowing who you get to work with, but the independent scene was a whole lot more fun. Yeah, because it's really, you're getting the tit for tat. You're getting those matches, those 30 minutes, those matches, the blood and guts. And that's what y'all were all about. There's a million pictures of Dante, Mephisto, and the Wild Boys literally beating the blood out of each other. And, I mean, there's pictures that you can't even tell it's you and Steve. It's just two bloody faces with hair, you know? (laughs) We we loved that. We loved it. But in a way, but then there was times... When we got ready, we were like finally like we and, and then the ECW started up and people were like, Y'all need to go to ECW. Y'all need, yeah. We're like, We've been doing this for years now. Right. We're tired of it. Right. We wanted to go back and actually have wrestling matches. Yeah. And, and I'm gonna tell you, we thought and thought, who could take our place? Because you gotta have somebody can step in there with Mephisto and Dante. Right. And and we used to we used to hear stories, people say, Hey, Steve and Shane are still in y'all's moves. They were in Paducah last week doing y'all's Mexican Andre. They were doing it. Well, you know what? The Mexican Andre wasn't ours. We saw it from somebody else. Right. You know, <laughs> right. You, know? Right. you always just, and, and at first it kind of, kind of got us a little like, what are they doing? You know, but then like Shane had said, you know, he was imitating us. And that's, that's an honor that he yeah. didn't want it. They didn't want to be like us. Right. And right. when it comes time, we were ready to, to step down, get out of those matches get a break, go back, do a little bit of wrestling, get all the, all the blood and guts. And we're like, who would be the best team? And we got this young, good-looking tag team called the Morton Brothers. Yeah. And so we pitched the idea to Tommy. They pitched it to Shane and Steve, and the rest is history. They went on to have a great history with Mephisto and Dante just like we did. Yeah. Mike, yeah. Even, had a, Mike even had a longer, better one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's right there with one another. And I think anybody that got to witness those matches is a lucky person because, you know, all six of you guys, the Scots, the Wild Boys, the Mortons, all six of you all had an incredible tag team to work with. I mean, putting over Dante and Mephisto verbally and physically is two great things to be able to do because... Man, those guys are so good at the job. I mean, they're heat magnets. They just are so good. No matter who is standing with Tommy Heggie, whether it's, you know, Mike Porter, you know, Arvel Hutto, Tommy Cool Breeze, Rick Reynolds, whoever's with them, you know, they're you know you're in for a good night with those guys. Again, it's gonna beat you and you're gonna get your ass kicked a little bit. But exactly. Exactly. I, and and just to go back, I worked Mephisto and Dante when it was Mike Porter and Tommy Hagee. And I worked them for Dale Mann when Dale Mann took his crew out to Kansas or out west. Yeah. Uh, first main event match I ever did, me and Danny Steamboat, looked like Ricky, it was Danny Steamboat, they come in and, and, and Mike Porter said, we're going to work you on the main. And I'm like, I'm, I'm the first first opening match guy. I'm not the main event guy. He's like, yeah. nobody else here but you. Yeah. And we went out and did a two out of three fall match with Mephisto and Dante. Then I get in the deal after uh, – Billy and Gary, and it's it, it, Tommy and Kubrick. Yeah. And then, then we come back later on, and it's Orville Hutto. And, yeah. and in the meantime, we got the Devil's Disciples, which is Damien, which is right. Rick Reynolds. Right. And then we got Pete Cannon, who's the giant scorpion that's in the Devil's Triangle right. with us. Right, right. So we got all these great people working this tag team. Yeah, and great then, teams. Jenny, yeah. Gary, check this out. When we stepped out of the ring with these guys, 
then look who we got. We got the Hickersons, which yeah. were the angels of death at one time. We were right. these guys we didn't know because we never seen their face for two years. Right. Great magic rhythm. Then you got Troy Eaton and Mark Gordy, such great chemistry. Then yeah. you got the Brood Brothers, which was um, uh, Hot Rod Biggs and Chris Kern. Chris Prior Kern, that, yeah. You had, the, you had the Bad Boys, which was Chris Kern and Lonnie Lane. Right. And then you, know, then you had the BWO, Shane and Steve. I mean, we just had had it great in tag team wrestling. Yeah, man, you did. did. Well, I tell you what, let's pause the things on the Wild Boys because we did a, a show with you on the Wolfie D episode that, yeah. you know, we talked about you guys separately, almost basically the way we yeah. kind of, when you rehear it, you kind of hear that it's more about the separate careers. Now, yeah. what yeah. we're going to do is we're going to bring the wild boys on for an official part two of that episode. I didn't tell it all. I didn't tell it all. We can't. No, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. I, I don't believe that for a minute. <laughs> but what we're going to do, we're going to save that and we're going to give it the proper give me back my pro wrestling treatment and we'll put that down the line. Let's pause the wild boys because Steve's yeah. not here. We'll get Steve on. We'll tell the full story like we need to now. And, Jimmy, and not, not to cut you off, but if, if we need to pull some of this out and save it for that, it's fine too. Whatever no, works, no. Whatever works for the whole podcast. I don't care, you know. No, I'm not a bit. All of it. Not a bit, brother. We're good. I think we're fine. I just wanted to stop it there because I don't want to tell too much of the story because we're planning to have y'all both on in the future. So with that being said, we're going to bring the name game into focus now. Are you willing to play the name game, Mr. Ben Jordan? I am. Hold on. I got a list of names. I'm going to see how many of you hit. (laughs) Okay. All right. I hope I hit them. If we don't, you name them and we'll we'll bring him up too. Okay. All right. We're going to have Mr. Wild Boy himself, Ben Jordan, on the name game. DJ, hit the music. All right, we are back with the name game, and the very first name on the list on this name game has to be the man himself, Mr. Bill Dundee. Oh, what would I have done without Bill Dundee? He trained me. He he was my idol, and I actually got to get trained by him. I love yeah. the man. Uh, just can't say enough about Bill. He, he was a superstar, should be in the Hall of Fame. That's that's beautiful. Yeah, he he really is. He should be in an official Hall of Fame. Absolutely, hundred percent. How about Chris Champion? Love Chris Champion. We can travel the roads together. A uh, bunch of great ideas. Got to got to wrestle him in uh, Shelbyville as Yoshi Kwan in a scaffold match. Which the scaffold was at the roof, and the light bulb was so daggum hot. If you didn't watch out, you'd back into it and burn your back. But had great matches with him, had great times with him. Was in the Marines watching them as, as part of the new breed. Never imagined in my life I'd be traveling on the roads with this guy. How good was he, honestly? I mean, how good was he in the ring? Well, you know, and, and when when I'd seen him come to Nashville as part of Wildside with his brother, um, March, let me get it right. I want to say March Star. Yeah. March Star. Okay, yeah. And seeing them, and I'm like, hey, that's the guy from the Newbury. And then just saying, no, he was excellent in the ring, out of the ring. He, he could he could do it all. He, yeah. he could do the promos. He could do the matches. And he's the one that done all those kicks, and that's why I wanted to get in a Taekwondo to learn some kicks. But I said, no, my little old legs ain't going to do like that. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, he went up there and worked a heck of a, a deal with um, Jerry Lawler. And they, that was on the People magazine. Uh, yeah. Show. Yeah. Show. Great, great guy. 
Talk to us about Brickhouse Brown. Love Brickhouse Brown. Brickhouse Brown treated me, I mean, he treated me so good. We'll get in there and say, he said, now, Ben, let's just do this. We'll call it in the rain. And he was just, I mean, everything he did, it made sense. And he was always good to me. Love working with Brickhouse. Yeah, Brickhouse, man. What a loss. Absolutely. Yeah. Terry Daniels. Terry Daniels. Um, he was good to work with. We didn't we didn't job that well. I mean, gotcha. He was doing he was doing a marine gimmick and had an afro. Mm, yeah. And I'm That's... like, uh, you got the, you got the the dress blue with the thing, and it's like if you're gonna be a marine, you need to shave the head. You need right. to have the look. Right. But, I can uh, see where that would be a bit of a weird thing for you, for yeah, sure. Me and Barry used to talk about that, and Barry's like, was he really a Marine? Can you tell if he's really a Marine? You know, because he wears the yellow boots, and he's got the dress blue trunks with the blood stripe on the side. And I'm like, I really can't tell. But, no, he was a fine guy. He was he was okay. Yeah. yeah. What about old Jeff Gaylord? I've heard a lot of stories about him. I'd love to. I love Jeff Gaylord. A uh, couple things. Um, ooh, Jeff Gaylord, uh, you know, he would get stuck in the middle of a match. Yeah, I right. I worked him several times, and I'm like, Hey Jeff, why don't you press line me? You know, you're a big guy. You know, I, I would always just give him them big power moves. Try to be clothesline because he would just he would get, he would get kind of stuck in the match on not knowing. Not that he didn't know what to do, but it, you could tell he was trying to think of something to do, and I'd just call it for him. I'm like, hey, press line me. Yeah. Give hey, me a big power slam. Uh, clothesline me. Look like the ultimate you know, warrior. Yeah. He looked like the ultimate warrior. Kerry Von Eric, those guys, the jacked yes. dudes, had incredible yes. bodies, good looking guy, just really had it all together. Yes. Just sometimes maybe didn't always have it to fully together in the ring. But, you know, what are yeah. you going to say? Yeah, but, yeah. And um, just to go back a little bit, the after I knocked the guy out on TV, yeah, um, I worked Jeff Gaylord as a Texas hangman. And he was really stiff with me. I don't know if if I had gotten over too much with the knockout that it's like got to get brought back down. Yeah, maybe. But I, I was getting, I, I'd worked Jeff several times, and he was stiffing me so bad. I'm thinking, okay, I'm about to get mad, and right. you're a big guy. We're about to fight. But he was a little, a little rough on that next week. But I just think it was just I was out of place with my uh, knockout on TV that maybe I needed to be brought back down so you know i've heard other guys say that he was stiff but it felt like he didn't mean to be stiff like he just didn't know that yeah, i mean just this, didn't know I, as much you know i i worked him enough that the week after i knocked the guy out on tv he he was okay to do a little extra a little more receipt I, to that yeah might okay. have got a little 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 word in the ear i don't know that you know maybe yeah. i need to get back down to my job boy status and <laughs> put me back in my place which i'm fine but I, I survived it so yeah right well the next one i have on the list is one of my favorite interviews of all time that i've ever done been a part of is steve kern love steve kern man i grew up idolizing i seen a guy when I when I Facetimed the other day, I don't I don't know if you knew what we were at a Corno tournament, and there's a guy there, Bobby Smith, that worked out at the gym where Steve Kern and Stan Lane worked out at. Oh and wow! And this guy's a big enough; he should have been a wrestler. Yeah, but he always talks about Steve and Stan. But Steve Kern, Stan Lane treated me really good too in WWF when he was in the office, and when I worked him as the Heavenly Bodies, Stan was great. Steve was great. Uh, I always wanted to be just like them two guys. I wanted to look like them body wise 
and wanted to yeah. be like him because Steve had that more of a like I'm the tough guy one. Right. And I wanted to be Steve Kern. <laughs> I yeah. love Steve Kern. Great, treated great guy. Treated me good. Treated me good. Great yeah. guy. How about how about Chris Michaels? Love Chris Michaels. We we uh, seen each other at a show. This is the last show I, we did. Uh, me and Steve. We had uh, um, Kevin Weatherby was our partner. We wrestled Tony Falk and Farron Fox with LT because we had to have the two young guys that could, could get in there and go. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't like to make wrestling look bad because I can't get in there and go. But, you know, you do some of these things for the fans. Right. And uh, and so, but then we got in the back and me and Chris, like, sit down and we was, like, talking some old time stuff. You know, his his path went one way, mine went the other. But then we, 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 we took it all back sitting in that dressing room and it felt really good. I, I always give Chris a big hug when I see him. Uh, we, we started out at the same time together. Yeah. Um, you know. I've heard guys say that they've tried to have a bad match with Chris and couldn't. So that's how good Chris is. He's one of the true, true underdogs. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had several matches. I've I've seen matches like on Brian Turner's or this and others. I'm like, oh, I forgot me and Chris work. And then (laughs) I got one. I got one on one of my videotapes that uh, Scott Teal did. And it's me and Wolfie at, uh, oh, it's on Woodland Street. It was uh, pre-Saw Wrestling. Okay. It was TJ Weatherby in them, but it's me and Wolfie doing matches. And I'm like, wow, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. This next guy, um, I truly think that if he hadn't passed away young, that he could be doing some amazing things in the wrestling industry. Hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert. Love Eddie, Eddie Gilbert. And you know, it's funny. Um, we were on our way to Dallas one time and he goes, you know, uh, Ben, smartest one in the car. I'm like, what? Goes, you got a real job. <laughs> and you know what? And, and, and I'll have to go back to Bill Dundee on this, too, because Bill told me when I first started, keep your job. Do this on the side. If something goes, you know, you can quit that then. Yeah. Hey, 35 and a half years later, I still got my job. There and I'm going to go. Pay. So, I mean, I, I've loved doing this, but, you know, if you ever watch the movie The Wrestler, yeah, so many guys take that path. Right. And, right. and it's like, uh, I lived kind of a double life. I don't live my gimmick as far as wrestler, sure. but I've always had my life, my family, and I've always done the wrestling too, but I knew how to separate it. Yeah. But uh, sometimes I wonder what if I would have put it all in or would I've been like the wrestler? Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky because, you know, there's so many guys that will almost not argue about who's that story, like who's that's my story, I believe, or that's but it's it's not really that they could argue that it's about them. It's just that it lines up so well because it's 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 almost like a it's almost like a, a rule book for what a wrestler went through, especially from that era, you know, and yeah. it's so similar to so many guys stories. That's just how it works. So, you know. All right, the next one is Colorado Kid Mike Rapato. I tell you, I love working Mike. We got a good story that goes on the Wild Boy thing about Mike Rapato, about yeah. him before yeah. he got into business. He, yeah. We used to go to Gentleman Diamonds when we get back from wrestling, and he would follow us around. And we're like, what's this guy want? What's that? You know, is he fixing to jump us or what? He's wanting to train to wrestle. Mike <laughs> Rapato. But uh, uh, no. Me and Burt Prentice, that, that's a whole story in itself of uh, different working. Me and Burt Prentice did good business together. He knew he knew how I felt. I knew how, you know, things went. And 
um, when he needed a match for uh, Colorado Kid, like, we got to have somebody in Lebanon. We got nobody. Uh, Burt Prince would call me. And I'd say, well, you know my deal. You know what the money I want. He's like, if, if you can't do that, I won't do the match. But if you need me, you want me, I'll do it. Me and Burt Prince always did good business together. And and me and Colorado had some good matches, really good matches. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah I, he's an excellent worker. Um, I'm actually thinking who trained him. can't remember. Well, uh, Tony Falk, he showed up at Tony Falk. And part of the reason I think his, some people said he had an ego, he had a big ego, but, you know, Tony Falk saw him the very first day and said, hey, you know, you're going to be a champion. <laughs> you're going to be one of the all-time greats. That's what Tony tells him. And so he comes back know. in. And uh, what are you going to say to that? After that, I mean, no, I, I've, I've got no issues with Mike, but, you know, my <laughs> that laugh of his, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. pretty pretty legendary stuff but anyway he's he's just um he's a good guy we had a great interview with him it was a lot of fun i definitely appreciated having him on the call anyway colorado kid for sure interesting career for him you know he he did some cool stuff too so well the next one is of course we've talked about him a little bit before but gary boogie woogie boy valiant Gary, I'm going to tell you, we go back as far as like a brother to me. I love him. Love him to death. I mean, you could almost say we're family. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> In a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, me and him, we'd always uh, go to the, uh, 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 we did a lot of trips together. A lot of times his girlfriend would call and say, hey, come get your boyfriend. Y'all go out of town together. You know, stuff like that is funny. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, we travel a lot together. We get along good, you know. Um, love Boogie, love Billy and Gary. Uh, loved loved his parents, you know. Both of them have passed on, and uh, well, uh, Buster that used to drive us all everywhere. But uh, yeah. his mom, great woman, and you, she was one you always loved to see at Bass Elementary School when Billy and Gary were fighting the devils. You, the police would have to come, or the security would have to restrain their mom. <laughs> and she would just about whip everybody in the building. Yeah, I believe that. That's funny. That's hilarious. She was tough. She was tougher than Billy and Gary both. So wow, that's pretty tough. <laughs> Miss Linda, Miss Linda, she was she was something. But uh, no, I love Gary. You know, we've been in it together forever. Like me and Chris, I'm I'm probably closer to Gary than Chris because just me and Chris, just Chris went his way, I went mine. Right. Never a dispute. We've always got along. But me and Gary rode the roads a lot together. I was always the Billy and Gary stand-in. I was their third guy. I was the, the uh, you know, the Michael Hayes and the Fabulous Freebirds. I was the third guy always. Right. And, you know, Chris kind of went under the tutelage of Tracy and, you know, a lot of those yeah. things. And so the next one I got on the list is one of my mentors, one of my friends, a guy that I feel like even I'm in North Carolina right now. But if I needed something, I could count on him and he would try to be here for me if he needed to. And that is Mr. TNT, Shane Morton. Man, what, what can you say about Shane? Shane does everything for everybody. Yeah. Um, He's so dedicated to the wrestling business and to the wrestlers. He, he, I think he loves this business more than anybody I know. Yeah. I mean, I love it, but I mean, I, I can step away from it and be without it. But Shane loves this business, and I think I think it hurts Shane's soul to see what wrestling where it's going now. But but it's you know it, uh, I think it maybe it is you know the world changes everything right. changes right or at least I heard that on a podcast. But, you know, it, it all changes. We can't keep it the same. Right. But I think it hurts 
Shane Morton's soul to see it change. Right. Because I know how much he loves it. Uh, I remember when Shane, they wouldn't, uh, Freddie wouldn't let Shane wrestle. Shane was too little, but they, they didn't know how, what it is. They didn't know how tough Shane was. Right. Right. <laughs> it didn't matter how little he was. Shane was one of the, he's one of the toughest men I know. Yeah. And, yeah. And um, don't ever tell him to punch you as hard as you can because we were doing a fair show in Lebanon one night, and then all these we were we were fighting down the midway, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it was him and Gary against me and Steve, and uh, and all these teenagers hollering, "Oh, it's just fake bullshit, fake bullshit." And I said, "Shane, hit me hard as you can." No. Oh, and he did. No. He did, and I seen stars, and I'm thinking, no, don't do that again. <laughs> I can't take another one. But uh, no, Shane, Shane loves this business, and he does so much for the guys in this business. Uh, yeah. I can't, I can't thank him enough. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. to call him my brother in the business because I truly love him. Yeah, he's a, he's an unofficial un. He's not on the payroll as of yet as our talent liaison. Let's just say that. He's been a big help for this podcast. Brand ambassador. <laughs> Brand he's definitely that. Yeah. He's he's been great. Well, so, I mean he's he's been in contact with everybody. I'm like which I don't got Facebook and none of that stuff. I can't handle all that. I get I'm, it. I, I think it's an age thing, but anyway. I get it. <laughs> all right, you mentioned him earlier. How about Dante? Dante, Mr. Tommy Hagee. Yeah. Man. I think, I mean, the wild boys would have been the wild boys. We would have done okay because I know the formula. You know, once you learn it, you know the formula. But Tommy, I think the wild boys are so elevated because of him. Having our matches with him and his mind for this business, he's one of the greatest minds in in tag team wrestling. And, I mean, I don't see why he's not one of those guys that's up there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Anybody Absolutely. should have ever made it. Tommy Higgy should have made it. You yeah. know, we all think the same thing. Well, why didn't I make it? Whatever. But if anybody deserved to make it, it was him. Yeah, you know. great. I mean, he had a great look, great. You know, he always kept himself in shape. He could work, you know, had a great mind. You know, I mean, there's all these pluses on his side. And uh, maybe you never know. I mean, the man shared a gimmick with the macho man, you know. So what are you going right. to say to that? Right. So exactly. Yeah. I'm telling you, he, he made the Scott brothers, he made the Wild Boys, he made the Mortons, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. We would have all been tag teams in it doing something, but there's a million other tag teams, too. Right, right. But everybody didn't get to wrestle Mephisto and Dante. Right. There's a funny story about, you know, Wolfie talks about this all the time, and he said that they were tired of getting beat on by the Fresh from mm-hmm. Japan Eliminators, so they decided to bring in Tommy and, and Cool Breeze, and then, of course, he has to deal with Cool Breeze. <laughs> it's like, why did I do hey, this? Hey, you know? <laughs> hey, I love it. I love it that Wolfie and them brought them there. I'm thinking, damn, Wolfie, if me and Steve could have only had that Fought in Memphis with him and, and done all the blood and guts and all this. Maybe it could have went. Oh, man. Maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. Yeah. I wish I could have. wish we could have got that spot. But, yeah. you know, when we were trying to make it, Memphis spots were hard to get. They were kind of locked up. Right, so, right. Yeah. You know, I didn't I didn't call Eddie or, or anybody down there and say, hey, give us a shot. I was like, no, it's, it's useless. I just give up on it. <laughs> Understand. And it did become the Randy Hale show there for a little bit, too, you know, so if you had an in with him. But anyway. I, I got to insert a story here. Yeah, please. Um, please. The American Eagles. Do you know who they were? 
that was um, Danny Davis and um, Danny Davis. And, yeah, Bill Dundee. Thank you. Sorry. What was that? Okay. Who were the two stand-ins when they had to bring Bill and Danny out from under the mask and they still had to have the American Eagles? That was you and I'm not sure. Todd Morton. Oh, man. Okay. Awesome. That from? So that little, fun? Yeah, a little Midnight Rider style stuff there. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. We got to come in and be the American Eagles when they had to bring them. We all had to do like the big full way to where you bring them out from under the mask. And, yeah, yeah, that's that awesome. Fun. I thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> that's very cool. I love that. Well, the next guy on the list has a somewhat sordid reputation with some folks. Some love him. Some don't say all the nicest things about him. But I'd love to hear Big Bully Douglas. Big Bully Douglas. Okay, no. When he come in early on, had long hair, the hillbilly, mm-hmm. and uh, he took a lot of advice from me and Steve. He, he was really good. And then there seemed to be a change. Seemed like to be an attitude change a little bit, and was harder to get along with. I don't know what happened. Yeah, turned into okay. a bully. <laughs> and, well, but but then we worked in Lebanon with him long enough that we kind of got everything got back pretty decent with us yeah with bullet yeah but uh there was a time when i, I was in and i love the guy um and i'm gonna say when he was the big hillbilly it's like you couldn't ask for a sweeter guy and then all of a sudden hey wait a minute this guy he's steve austin like in real life he's like i'll shave my head now i'm the badass dude right like, right we're still all we're still all working here <laughs> but, uh, he went from the scuffling he, uh, hillbilly to a big bully. A big bully yeah. Yeah. and seemed like the attitude. I don't know if it was part of the work or part of the thing, but it seemed like the getting along with the boys was a little bit different with him. But um, I'm glad we worked with him long enough in Lebanon that, that we 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 ended up on a really good note with with, with Bully Douglas. He was a That's good guy. Good. That's good. That's good. What about when I say the two words hot chocolate? What does that bring to mind? Corey Williams. Corey Williams. He, uh, Corey, I think Corey watched me when he was a kid. <laughs> anyway, he came along to Memphis right after I left Memphis and, um, everything. And then we'd run into each other independence and all. And then, uh, he actually, I, I'd gotten a divorce and he made a remark about my ex-wife sitting in the crowd. And then I turned that into a gimmick with me and Patrick Blaine Miller and Steve as a tag team or a trio called the High Infidelity. Yeah, and we that's came out, awesome. We came, we came out to the, the song Love Stinks, and yeah. that was all because of what Corey Williams had gotten the ring and said. Wow. Yeah, wow. That's amazing. And, uh, and we, we'd had several good matches with Corey. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we worked him and Ashley Hudson as a new South or their tag team. But I've worked Corey several times. Great guy. Great yeah. guy. Absolutely. All right. You did you did your impersonation of him earlier and it was mighty fine one. How about Tony Falk? Tony Falk, I love Tony Falk. That's a shoot, Pally. <laughs> That's a shoot, Pally. That's the shoot, Pally. And um it was great. I sent um I sent Jimmy my birthday message and Tony and LT was on it. It's a great video. Tony has treated me like a million dollars ever since I met him. Um, I'm happy to say my last match I ever had was with Tony and LT. Uh, And I'm going to tell you, you know, and I'm like, I'm like the rest of the guys. You really don't want to get in there when you can't make it look good anymore. But sometimes because I got, because I was late in life having grandkids and stuff. 
sometimes you want to see Paul Paul get in the ring. Right. But, uh, <laughs> I guarantee you, if you come to see one of mine and Steve's matches now, if we do a match, we're going to have a young guy in there that can work because we're not, we can't do that much. <laughs> and I, I don't want to do that to the business. And I understand guys not ever getting in there again because they don't want to uh, do that to the business. But sometimes you got to give the fans, especially like those reunion shows, kind of right. got to give them a little something. And right. uh, we did that. But uh, yeah, there's not going to be too many more of them. <laughs> the wild boys what? turned to wild men or, or, or I, I, mellow this men. Is where, <laughs> this is where these podcasts come in. This right. is what I tell people now. I don't wrestle anymore. I talk about wrestling. <laughs> Amen, brother. Well, if you ever want to get, uh, you know, <laughs> Ben Jordan's answer machine episodes off the, no, I'm just kidding. We, <laughs> I, let me get them. Let me get them all together. I think we'll do some, See, I, I do that. And then I get to think about them. Like, no, I'll piss that sky off and piss that. Yeah. I, I, I overthink it really. <laughs> sometimes you just got to jump Ben. you know how it is doing them top turnbuckle jumps. You just got to do it sometimes, but all right. In the, right in the middle, I got to put another fun Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay, we started out at the same time. We're the same age. Yeah. Okay, we're at Nashville Fairgrounds. Steve's a big, good-looking guy. He's he's really big. You know when you when you get up, he's bigger than you think he is. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, and he's got this long blonde hair, trying to be a, a, the good-looking guy. You know, but Steve, well, you see William, but Steve Austin. Right. And um, we're at Nashville Fairgrounds. He's living at the Congress Inn. He's not making any money. I've got a job, so I was banking my wrestling checks every week. I'd go uh, Evansville and get my check and put it in the bank, make a car payment. These yeah. guys were living off this 40 bucks. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. Steve Austin is in there. Steve had gotten the flu or gotten sick. It, thank God we didn't have COVID back in them days. But um, Steve had gotten sick and had lost some weight, and his pants wouldn't stay up. Mm. And so, so me and Steve are in that little dressing room there at the National Fairgrounds, and he goes, hey, Ben, he said, can you help me find a piece of rope or something to tie my pants up with? They won't stay up because, you know, I've lost this weight. But him being a Texan, wanting to find a piece of rope, I'm thinking of Beverly Hillbillies, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to take a piece of rope and tie his pants up. No man. Like, hmm. So we're looking all over. There's nothing to do, you know. So that was a funny uh, Steve Austin story. Uh, I've never n- n- spoke to him since he became Stone Cold and became, you know, what he is. But I had went to WCW. Me and a guy. We were going to wrestle the Harlem Heat. We were yeah. waiting on uh, Mike Graham and Bill Dundee with the agents. We were going to talk to them. I was standing in the hallway. Here comes Brian Pillman coming by. And they were the Hollywood Blondes at the time. And Steve Austin comes by spitting in the cup, which he's quit that now. He comes by spitting in the cup, and he looks over. And, he, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to say, hey, Steve, remember me? No, I'm just, you know, I'm going to leave them alone. They're, they're stars now. I'm nobody. Right. And uh, and he comes walking by spitting in the cup, and he looks over and he said, Ben Jordan, how you doing, boy? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, he, he remembers me. Right. And yeah. uh, he goes, he goes, how'd your shoulder ever get where injured, injured my shoulder? He asked me about my shoulder, asked me what I was doing, everything. Nicest guy in the world. That's awesome. I just, I just, I would like to run into him to, I mean, he's seen a million guys, probably wouldn't know me from Adam, but back then that was a big deal for me. He was, he was a Hollywood blonde and he remembered me. <laughs> That's huge. Yeah. 
Hey, Steve, remember me? No. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when you were telling that story, I remember a story that he had told before where it was either he or Dutch who said it. And, you know, Jeff Jarrett's, he's the son of the promoter, and he's bringing mm-hmm. in, he's driving in Corvettes and all these nice cars and doing well. And he's like, he goes into the locker room one day and he says, hey, none of you boys are on them steroids, are you? And I, it was either Stone Cold or Dutch that says, hell, Jeff, we're not even on food. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, that goes uh, to give you another story here. Um, we're wrestling at uh, at the Nashville Fairgrounds. Mike, awesome. He, it's you like like I said, new guys come into town, and I get stuck with them or stuck against them. Mike, awesome comes to town. Big muscle yeah. up guy. I have to go over to Congress and meet him, give him a ride. You know, I'm, you know, Bruno did the same thing, giving the guys the rides and stuff. And um, so I, I, I went to, to get with uh, Mike, awesome ride. So they teamed me and Mike Awesome up against the Dirty White Boys. Well, the Dirty White Boy, Tony stayed pretty much, but he had Tom Bird and he had different people. And this time he had Alex Porto. Oh, okay, okay. the pug. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I'm, I'm wearing a scarf from Alex. I love Ooh. Alex. Uh, but anyway, we're in a match at the fairgrounds against the Dirty White Boys, and Mike is green. He, he's, he's green in grass. Yeah, and, um, which I'm, I'm like a step ahead of Mike. You know, I've done been in it a little while. Well, we're wrestling dirty white boys. Well, Alex had come in and he was wearing biker boots with steel toes. Mm. Well, mm. well, now they had been fighting the Southern Rockers, uh, Steve Dahl and Rex King, two right. of guys. I got whole stories about them. Oh, anyway, yeah. anyway. Uh, they'd been complaining because their ribs were getting beat up with them steel toe boots. Oh man! Yeah. Well, uh, well, anyway, we're in the match, and uh, Alex is going. When what he's doing, he's going to lift his leg up to kick me on top of the head. Well, on his way up, he catches me right in the eye with them steel toe boots. Man, splits my eye, splits my eye wide open. Oh, okay, man. I, I'm coherent. Hey, I'm at National Fairgrounds, and I've got juice. I got blood. Right. <laughs> You know, I'm 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 liking it. You know, because I'm in the wrestling business. I know what okay. to do with this. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike Awesome is looking to me from the corner. He goes, "Oh my God, Ben, your eyeballs hanging out the side of your head. What are we gonna do?" <laughs> and I, I just I just kind of look over at him and when I whisper, I'm like, "We're gonna finish the match. We're gonna finish the match." You know. So we finished the match. Well, Dad, I got the picture. I said, Bill Dundee comes to the ring. He knows something ain't right. I'm not supposed to get color. You know, you, your undercard guys don't do that. That's for the main event. And so he comes and because he trained me, he comes. Yes, man. I've got, a, I've got another picture that goes with that picture. And it's Hot Rod Biggs, which is a fan standing there. I, I only get the back of his head, but if it's not Hot Rod Biggs, I'll kiss your ass. <laughs> it is hot rod big. Okay. Awesome. So anyway, and there's this girl there, a young girl. You can tell she's done reached over and wiped some of the blood and is looking at it on her hand. Like, hey, is that real? <laughs> okay. So so we get back to the dressing room and, and this night Jerry Jerry didn't come to all the matches all the time. Okay. Jerry Jarrett was there and of course he was spitting in the cup. That was kind of a common thing back then. And um and he looks over at me and said, that's, say, kid, that's pretty good gas you got there. And I'm like, yes, sir. He goes, do you got good insurance? <laughs> and I just thought, <laughs> I thought, well, matter of fact, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, yeah. So I go to Baptist hospital and they're like, what, how, what'd you do? I said, I was wrestling, got kicked in the head. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> that's awesome. That's totally important. Yeah, yeah, that's a great story. I'm glad you told that. I've actually never heard that story. You sent me the picture, and you're like, I got a great story with this. I'm glad you told that. Okay, so I've got two more that I'm going to ask, and then and this will be the official end of the name game. So the next one, the Weatherbees. Talk about wrestling the Weatherbees. I'm going to tell you what. Two of the young kids, I love to work. They listened. They did what we said. And, you know, we'd get them over whatever we needed to do. Um, um, that night particular, I don't remember because there's so many of those nights. Yeah. And like I said, I wish, I wish, but, but, but we were on our way out. You know, we done, we done turn half of our career. We were in good shape and we were baby faced. Half the way, we like beer drinking. Old guys like big fat guts. It's like, okay, you know, you're heels. Right. Fat heels. Yeah. You're ugly fat guys. So we became <laughs> heels and so that's what we done. And then we were on our extra legs. We done decided we're not buying any more wrestling gear. We'll just wear like camouflage pants and damn combat boots. Right. We're not buying any more wrestling gear because I'm done. Right. And, and that lasted longer than we thought. But to get to wrestle the Weatherbees, um, you know, that we were like, these are two guys that are really into it, and we're going to do all we can for these guys. Yeah. And uh, got a good got a good fairground story, but probably needs to be on the Wild Boys podcast. Well, we'll save it for that one then. But <laughs> Just remember this. Bill Dundee comes to me, and we're, we're, we're the tag champions, or, or they are, and whatever we're doing for the tag champ Because we've got two or three different promotions wrestling there right. uh, for this thing at the fairgrounds that night. And we're wrestling the Weatherbees for the heavyweight champion tag belts. And Bill comes to me. Bill Dundee's there. I think him and Lala worked that night. And he's like, what are you doing? Why are you even wrestling these guys? I mean, he's looking at me like, look at look at them. Look at y'all. Right. And because <laughs> we, we'll save the rest of that for the, for the next show kevin and cody great guys big fans of the whole weatherby family tj's one of my favorite people ever and kevin honestly kevin was the one that took the whole business really serious i don't think cody really ever wanted to do it as much but he was really good at it so it was like he it just came so natural to him and to see him you them work you too it was awesome very very fun guys and they'll we'll get them on the show on down the line you know the weatherby family and stuff but when it comes down to it we've got one more name on the list and we couldn't yes, end up the name game without asking steve neely man he's he, like i said he's family now yeah we we, we have be, we became best friends yeah i'm gonna tell you and and we can go several months without talking and because everybody's like what's steve doing i'm like i don't know i ain't talked to him three months right right but, but, but my wife and his wife are good friends we're all good friends with all the, we do we do a whole uh fourth of july parade over where he lives yeah and and uh, and me and Steve, when we get together, we, it just it it clicks. But when we're not together, we don't worry about one another because we know we're going to be all right, and we'll see each other down the line. Yeah. So things yeah. right with me. It's like Great an old book. And the best trainee I ever trained. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, he's, it's like a book when you dog ear it. You know, you you know, you may not read it for a week or two or a month or even a year, but then you go back and it's open and it's there and it's dog eared and you can pick right up where you left off. You know, so exactly. that's uh, well. Hey, Ben Jordan, that is it for the name game on the episode. No, to- Jimmy, I got two names for you: Quentin Charisma. Okay. Curl the Death Star. All right. Okay. See how I did that to you? <laughs> Without those two guys remembering everything that ever happened in wrestling, where would we be? Exactly. Amen. Seriously. That's a great point. That is I'm a great you, point. Yeah. 
Quint Quentin was great to work with. Kroll was great to work with. Got a whole story with Kroll when when me and Steve were the bookers at Tennessee City, and we wanted heavyweight champions. So we I've seen a, a match, a videotape of Kroll working working big John White, and I'm like, I want two big guys like that that can move yeah. as my heavyweight champion, and yeah. that's who we brought in. And then like Quentin, me and him had so many great matches. It just but they are the ones that remember everything. <laughs> I mean, they yeah. are the historians. And uh, next time we have a reunion, uh, Quentin has to be disqualified from competing. Right, I'm sure. Year. He is and a true historian. Yeah, yeah. He is a true historian. We're going to hopefully get to do something more with Quentin on down the line in a different project. But yeah, two great guys. Kroll's, I talk to Kroll almost weekly, sometimes daily. It depends on how good the previous episode was. You know what I mean? And and Kroll really is a, Kroll does a lot. Just when I get to bounce ideas off of him, he's one of my guys that I go to and I'll be like, what do you think about this, man? I'm, I'm thinking about maybe trying this. He'd be like, uh, uh, and if it doesn't really land with him, I'm like, yeah, probably ain't that great of an idea. You know what I mean? And uh-huh. he understands promotion. He's also one of the original content creators of this industry, of this scene that yeah. we talk about so much. He, yeah. He's one of those old, the, he's the OG of that era of, of, of actually having videotapes of guys and pictures. And, you know, we got to shout out Steve Bowtie Bryant too, without his photographs, you know, so many people wouldn't have, well, heck, I wouldn't have promotional imagery for my podcast without Steve Bowtie Bryant. You know what I mean? Steve Bowtie Bryant, got a story there. He's the one that got me in Wrestling Fury. And uh, Donna LaRue called me to do an interview with me. She sent me these questions. I get on the phone with her and I'm talking to her and she says, wait, wait, wait. She said, your accent, you don't sound like you're from Australia. (laughs) Well, I'm not. She goes, well, we everybody thought you was from Australia because Bill trained you. I'm like, right. no, I'm from Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but Steve Bryant, those uh, wrestling cards that he advertises, yeah, he, he yeah. got that from me. That's because, awesome. Because my nephew was playing baseball, and they had us buy these baseball cards of the kids. Yeah, yeah. And I said, whoa, hey, I'll put me on one of them. So I call the people, and I send them a picture, and I get a wrestling card of Ben Jordan. Well, then Steve sees it, and he's like, hey, I can do something with this. He said, how did you do that? I said, call these people. But then it's the unbeatables. It's it's really a little league thing that they do for little league ball players. It's not even a real card thing, you know. And and so they made a whole whole series for Steve Bryant. Oh, yeah. I've got a set. I was happy to buy the set because it's such a good deal of all the guys in it. I mean, honestly, some of the guys are not are no longer with us in the set, yeah. but it's my goal to get every one of those guys interviewed. So that's as many of them as I can, even the fireball, if he's available. <laughs> yeah. It's a great set. It really is. You know, he's a sponsor of the show. Very appreciative of Steve Bowtie Bryant and his stuff that he's it. done. Yeah. Randall, Randall done all of our videotapes and I gave all mine to Scott Till. I need to get them back because they're not getting. I need to put get them to Brian Turner. Yeah, Brian Turner is your man for sure. Yeah, but you know those guys you brought up, Quentin, absolutely plan on doing something more with him. Kroll's always welcome guest on my shows. Like I said, he's actually become a really good friend. You know, I've gotten to know him even better than when I was working for him back in Nashville. And like I said, he's my he's my litmus test to see if something's worth doing. And also, he's just a really good. He's a bit of a cheerleader for me. He he yeah. lets me. You know, he's like, hey man, that was really good. This is working. You know, do that. 
keep it up. Well, you know, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you this. You probably got to trim it down a bit because I've talked a lot. And uh, but you know, do you make, you make the best show you can make out of it? I'm sorry if I went too long on some stuff. But hey, and another guy I got to mention. We got we got three good guys that are junior that are coming up. That is uh, a real deal. Derek Neal. Oh yeah. Jeremiah Jeremiah Plunkett. Oh yeah. Scott Spade out of Chicago. That's Rick Reynolds' guy. Future and, guest. Uh, yeah. Those those three guys are what we get to look forward to in the future. Man, those are three stellar names. And heck, man, they, that's a cornerstone of a good promotion right there in my book, you know. So, yeah. and Plunky's literally one of my, I mean, honestly, just one of the greatest people in my life. Derek Neal, think the world of Scott Spade is a future guest along with Derek Neal. Once, yeah. once this AEW run cools off, I'm going to be okay with bringing him on because I don't want to make it seem like I'm trying to jo- <laughs> Anyway, Jared, you've always got one more question to wrap it all up here. Go ahead and ask the question, brother. So Ben, um, it's it's a tough question because you've had so many matches. But <laughs> if you had to think of one, or you could give us two, talk about your favorite match of all time. <laughs> you had to ask that, didn't you? <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh my god, I can't say a particular match. I, I really can't. But I'm almost tell you the Mephisto and Dante uh, feud. Any yeah. any of those matches would fit right in there. Um, yeah, you know, me and Horowitz in global. But yeah. I'm going to tell you, really one of my favorite global matches is with uh, one, two, three, Kid, or Lightning Kid. It was Lightning Kid, but Sean right. Waltman. Right. Watch that match. That, no, well, see, I can't because then there's Jerry Lynn. Yeah. Me and Jerry Lynn. <laughs> and we had to do a, like a 12 minute baby face match. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, just pick. I mean, I can't. Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll pick and, and we'll do that. But Ben, man, thank you so much for coming on. Man, this so this much. this was an epic show, really was. And I know we haven't turned over every stone, but we tried to turn over we quite a, a few. Lot. We yeah, a lot. We, we did a lot, and and I'm glad I got to talk with uh, Jared, and because uh, I've been listening to y'all's podcast, and it just feels feels like home now because I listen to so many. Thank just you. talking to y'all. It's it's been fun. Y'all brought wrestling back to life for me because you can ask my wife. It's like, I'm, I'm a fuddy daddy when it comes to things right now. <laughs> not interested. Not interested. And then yeah. this is lit a, lit a, lit a fire into my ass again. So. Well, hey man, it was uh, our pleasure to have you on man and great conversating with you. And, uh, we have you back anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We've about a, got, got about a million more stories to tell, so uh, yeah. if you run out of content. <laughs> <laughs> Just call old Ben up, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll give you something to talk about anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, you got Brian Turner. You're all over his channel. Obviously, Love you're it. you're a big part of my podcast. The next guy we need to hook you up with is Insane Shane Martin because we desperately need some uh-huh. Wild Boys action figures, man. So that's... Hey, I love, I love Shane. We, 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 we work with him, uh, work. Uh, on shows with him great guy he was one of the most entertaining i wish i could do an interview like him yeah yeah he's he's fun yeah he's a lot of fun he's he he doesn't believe he's you know he's like they don't want to hear my old hillbilly ass and i'm like come on man we're all hillbillies here shane is is great i love it i I listen to his whole podcast i love it 
Thank it you. takes me back, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you for being on, man. Thank you for supporting the show as much as you do. You know, thank you for listening, but thank you for sharing your stories and just thank you for being my friend, man. You know, you, I'm, you mean the world to me. I, I, like I said, I didn't know you during my active time in, in the business, but when it comes down to it, I'm still active. You're still active right now. We're active. So, so just thank you. I love you, brother. Take care. We'll talk soon. Okay. I appreciate y'all having me on. It's such an honor. Jared, glad to talk with you. Jimmy, love yes, you. We'll keep texting. I'll uh, send you a bunch of stuff you'll get. Uh, tell me to just quit sending them because I'll send you too many. <laughs> no, never, never. Well, we'll start promoting this bad boy and see what we can do with it. But I, I can't but wait to see you up in the top spots. So If it don't do any good, don't blame me. It's Jared's fault. <laughs> That's it. That it's is. the only is yeah, yeah, it must be Jared. Well, thank you so much, Ben. You're thank the best. You. Thank y'all so much. Hey, I love it. Y'all man, y'all just make wrestling fun again. Thank you. That hey, man, thank lot, you. Bro. Yeah. That really does, man. Really, really means a lot. This is one of the things you didn't see coming, like just like cell phones with cameras and videos on cell phone. It's something I never saw coming. Yeah, I've been listening to him for years and wanted to do one for years, and I didn't know what I was doing, and I went ahead and asked Wolfie D to do it anyway, and he he was like, okay, and sure enough, I'm this deep into it, and I'm finally starting to figure something out. (laughs) You've got got fun. Y'all got it. I wanted to go back and get the beginning all the way through, and I'm trying to do that. Yeah. And it skips around some, and and I'm trying to get it out. Because I don't watch wrestling, so this is my thing now with wrestling. Yeah. Well, if you, you know, some of the episodes are not out and available anymore because they were just focused on bullshit, obviously. And so I just said those don't matter anymore because it was a big, long deal, Ben, and I'll fill you in on it some other time. But I got uh, you. Well, all right, brother. We'll talk soon, buddy. Take care. Thank you. Have a good night. It really means a lot, man. Love you too, buddy. Appreciate you, buddy. Good night, y'all. Take care. See you. Well, for Ben, the wild boy, Jordan, my brother, the plastic sheet, Jared Street, I'm Jimmy Street, and we'll be right back after these messages to wrap things up with the plastic sheet on Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. If you're a fan of rock music, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to check out my podcast. It's called the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been doing it for about 10 years now. We talk about Kiss. We talk about Ozzy. We talk about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Metallica. We talk about all the legends from the 60s and on up to brand new bands that you should be hearing about today that you're not going to hear on the radio. It's Decibel Geek. Wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find us there. If you love rock and roll, I can almost guarantee you're going to love my show. This is the big picture, Michael Jablonski. Don't forget to tune in every week to Jablonski's Pissed Off on the Mike Jablonski's Pissed Off YouTube channel. The in this sport. He's going to tell you all about it. He doesn't care what you think. You're gonna hear all about it by Jump Lutzke! Oh man, Sheik, Ben Jordan, is he awesome or what? Dude, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what it is about this. I just feel like we're on a on a run right now of like continually topping it. I mean, I know. 
I know we're sitting at Gator at number one right now, but yeah, congrats to Gator. Could, you know, <laughs> I, could, I could see Ben Jordan coming for that crown. So, absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah, it's a it was a good episode. It felt good. It I don't know. It's just one of those in the moment. You're just like, wow, this is pretty good. And I felt like we could have went another hour with being easily. So. Yeah, but yeah, and I specifically stopped it because you know, obviously, right, yeah. it all leads up to the Wild Boys, and I, I do want to have Steve Neely on with Ben in the future with the Wild Boys. You know, and yeah. you know, part of the people said we didn't go far enough on the Wolfie D show. I don't think we did either. That's Wolfie's call on the time limits on our show. However, we don't have those same time limits, so we want to go full on D dive with this we're gonna go deep dive and so we just kind of said hey ben from start to wild boys let's tell your story and then after that we'll bring steve on and y'all can do the tag team thing together and then we'll let it finish their career and i think that's the right way to do it and honestly man you know steve's great it'll be a lot of fun to have them both on and we'll we'll have an official wild boys part two give me back my pro wrestling style and we'll have them on coming up soon hopefully you know whenever we can get it all worked out but i'm definitely Definitely excited for that. You know, Ben's just a great guy. Honestly, he texts me almost every other day, if not every day, and he just has something always cool to talk about. And he's he's so humble. I mean, he's he's kind of similar to Quentin and a little bit like Arvel in that he's really humble. He doesn't mm, understand yep, why people are you know are all about him and stuff. And and that just I don't know. That's just something that shows me what a good dude the guy is. And you know, we've had stellar shows that have just blown the doors off this thing. From you know Jeff Daniel Shane Moore. Morton, Kroll, you know, Hot Rod Biggs to, you know, I mean, Jeremiah Pluckett to Cassidy Riley to Chris Michaels to Doug Markham. Then we have Gator McAllister, Dante and Mephisto. I mean, there's just so many great shows that we've had. But, you know, I feel like this one might be one of our very best, man. I really yeah. do. Yeah. Um, and I, I'll, I'll attribute it some to I feel like I, I get more comfortable with each one of these we do. You're you're a professional at it. I feel like I get a little more comfortable with each and every one we do. So I, it probably helps that I, I'm maybe getting better at this. So. Well, hey, we all are getting better at this. So, you know, thank you for saying what you said, but I think you're doing great, bro. I need you as much as you need me. So we're, we're in Good. this together for sure. But, you know, we did say something there real quick. Gator did take number one. Rick Reynolds held on to it for a long time after Shane Morton holds on to it for a long time and honestly Jared to be honest Greg Gagne is about to drop out of the top 10 and Greg was our our number one for a long time one that we never thought would be beat and yeah. sure enough Greg has finally almost dropped out of the top 10 and I tell you it's funny and I just love this I love this role we're on I'm feeling good about it I will say on our next episode I'm even more excited if as if we could not even get more excited next episode we've got Eron Hatchet aka Nore Havoc this was a Jerry Jarrett picked wrestler he was trained by the Jarretts he just a smidge too late to be in the true territories. He came along at the very end of the USWA. He's a shooter. He's a great guy. Got a great story. We're going to have a blast with him too. Again, bang, bang, bang. And then after that one, I think I've got Chris Kern knocked out. So we're going to have Hot Rod Biggs, old tag team partner from the Bruise Brothers. That's going to be Chris Kern coming on very next after Eron. As long as all the schedules line up properly. I know we've got Scott Spade coming up too. Hopefully get Plunky back on. I mean, there's so many cool names out there that we've got that we can pick from. Just really excited to just talk to these guys and and honestly, just to, to hear their stories, you know? I'm going to be a lot of fun. I'm here for it, brother. Can't wait. 
Yeah. Well, as always, we thank you all so much for listening, supporting the show, as you always do. You turn out in droves. By the way, if you can, please, if you go to Apple or Spotify, you can rate and or review the show. Please, if you've got a five stars in you, we appreciate it. Any review you can give, we would love to hear it. And thank you so much. Also on YouTube, give us a like, follow, notification bell, whatever you want to do on YouTube. We like it. Comment, do whatever. We appreciate it all so much. We'd love to hear from you. Also, we've got an email. It's GMBMPW if you want to send us an email, maybe about something you'd like to hear in the future. Or the DMs are open on all of our social media sites at GMBMPW on Facebook, X, Instagram, and YouTube. So anyway, with that being said, man, I think, you know, we had a lot of time for Ben today, and I don't want to I don't want to wear the listener out by rambling on here, but I just appreciate you, Judd. Appreciate Ben for coming on. Thank you all so much once more for listening. You have anything else you'd like to say before we go, brother? No, brother, I'm good. All right. Well, happy birthday one more time. Happy birthday to all of our wrestling buddies that had it on the very same day as you. We might have yeah. to we might have to do a live podcast next year or something. I don't know. We'll Something's see. Bad. Yeah, it'll be fun. But anyway, that sounds like a good idea. All right. Well, again, for the plastic sheet Jared Street, for the wild boy Ben Jordan, I'm Jimmy Street, and this has been Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. Don't forget. You know when we started this show. I was saying fight forever because that was something that Terry Funk said and AEW co-opted it for their video game. And I quit saying it because I felt like maybe some people would read it as I was taking it from AEW, but all along I was saying it because of Terry Funk when I was in a dark place, didn't have cable, wasn't doing everything right in my life. I I didn't have a lot to do, so I was watching old wrestling tapes. And I would watch every High Spots DVD that anybody or anywhere I could get, whether it was on YouTube, whether it was on a bootleg disc, whether it was in Plunky's DVD binder, whatever it was, I was watching as many High Spots videos as I could. And they always ended with Terry Funk saying that over and over again. And like I said, I was in that dark spot. Things weren't going good for me. I wasn't making good decisions in my life. And I kind of feel like subconsciously, Terry Funk was telling me to don't quit. Fight forever. And I'm still here today. Kicking. Doing better. Life's good. Married. Happy. So normally after don't forget, I would say fight forever. Or I would say something else that would work for the show. But today, I'm going to give that honor to the legend the desperado terry funk we'll miss you terry don't give up don't give up fight forever don't give up fight forever don't give up fight forever fight forever and ever and ever and ever With a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life.
This has been a James Rock Street production.